Hello. Hi, friends of the internet. It's me, Ryan Leopolis. Welcome to the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 310. I had to look up there because I didn't know what number it was. We have many questions here today on the Fake Nerd Podcast, such as to kill or not to kill with our friend Kratos here and his little boy, Atreus. That little boy, he's growing up so fast. Or to kill or to be killed. There's a lot of murder on today's agenda here at the Fake Nerd Podcast. But uh, speaking of murders, I got our murderer's row of guests. I don't know why they're guests. They've been on this podcast for six years of people I talk to on the internet. I got Ben Magnet. Yeah, that's me. I don't know why I'm on murderer's row. What did I murder? No, a murderer's row. Anyway, we got Brandon T. McClure here too. I am the guest of today's podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the solo Ryan Leopolis podcast where the two guests <laughs> who originally started this podcast are also here, I guess. Uh, that's my that's 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 my intro. Just thought of it on the spot. Goodbye. We're missing yeah, one. We are. Somebody somebody did something this weekend or whatever. I don't know. Like getting married. I don't know. <laughs> well, who kn- who knew? Uh, <laughs> yes, our our good friend and co-host Sparks Witty uh, got married this weekend. Just yesterday, as we are recording this, and we are very happy for him. We are very proud of him and his new wife. Uh, <laughs> insane. That has happened is a very surreal moment for me because I've known him for 18 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's married and taking some time to be with his new wife, which he should. So he will not be mm-hmm. on today's show. Yeah, that would uh, uh, I would be mad if you were on this podcast the day after, <laughs> right? like the day after you get married, if you just pop up, I was like, okay, so we're going to go. So I'm like, no, the hell you are not. All right, guys, I'm married. Peace out. Let's do the podcast. Yeah, the, the second after he said his vows, he's like, "All right, let's go record a podcast." Uh, yeah. No, might don't be, be like that, anybody. Might be my vows. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I were to do that on my wedding day, Fanny would kill me. She probably divorced you on the spot. Probably. Yeah. You have to she be married like... first to get divorced, Brandon. Well, yeah. She he gets married. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you're right. It's just before. It's just That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I now pronounce if you're, getting, it, you're... if you're getting married, you can't get divorced. You're so right. like, I, no. So we're like, we're saying the vows, and it's like, cool. So after we're done with the vows, I gotta go record some. She's like, nope, I do not. Like when the priest or whoever our fishing is, we're not gonna get a priest. Like turns oh, to her, it's like, now do you, Fatty, take Ben to be? She's like, no, I don't. He's gonna record. I'm out. There you go. No divorce needed. No divorce you, needed. You know what we do need though? Links. 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 <laughs> uh, there are only two links in the description today. Um, very light week for the Fickner podcast, um, which is fine. We just got back from a long break and we did a five hour podcast last week. We deserved it. I'm still tired. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So if you're still if you're still recovering from our five, five and a half hour long podcast from last week, you can, of course, check out some links in the description. Mostly Ben. All Ben, actually. Ben, why don't you talk about your run of Grayson Live? Oh Oops. shit! Yeah, probably Oops, seven, down. seven through twelve. I don't know how many, how many you're doing right now. Yeah, that guy put he puts out a lot. So, um, Grayson and I we went back to Super Mario 3D World because we're doing cleanup. We're getting all the stars we missed, the um, the stamps we missed. You know, all the stuff that we missed when we did our first playthrough. So now we're just cleaning up, and I'm talking about my Europe trip. I'm talking about going to Portland. So you should definitely check all that out. Links once again, links in the description below. It's a good time. I definitely ramble on some cases because there are times where the game just has me in its clutches, and I lose my train of thought, which happens a lot. <laughs> I uh, just by that smirk alone, I know that's gonna. It's like it happens every single mother effing time, and I notice it when I listen back. And I swear I'm trying to work on it. But you know what? Look, They're only twenty, 20 minutes, minutes long, and it's, and you gotta fill the time with something. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm kind of sad Sparks isn't here because I 
because I did drink some wake up juice an hour ago. So I'm awake. I'm ready. Look, Damn, if this episode, it's late for wake up juice. If this episode is five and a half hours long, look, I'll retire from podcasting. Um, if this is still going in five hours, I won't be on it. <laughs> you know what? I won't be on it. We'll just end asleep. it. We'll just be done. Well, yeah. to be honest, I also I, I also drank it for other reasons because I I'll talk about it in my week. But uh, is yeah. it a sex thing? Okay, it's not. Good God, it's a it's quiet. It's a nostalgia's bitch thing. Okay, good, Ben. Yeah, and the other one, uh, D and Dark, I assume. There you go. Yes, D and Dark, yeah. episode eleven. Yeah. So this one, uh, obviously, two parter as you can tell from the title. It's um, yeah. I don't know exactly what to say about the episode because I really want people to listen to it, but we do. I'll, I'll say this. We arrive at a universe. The party arrives at a university and shit goes down. That's all okay. I'm going to say. Okay. Stay tuned for that. episode. So you can find that episode linked below and that's it. Unless I'm missing something from you, Ben. Uh, I mean, hold on a second. Come here. All right. He's reaching Get for something. Get over here. Audio listeners. He's reaching for something. He got a thing. My new issue of Fusion finally came to America. But it's and been I out just, before, right? Uh, and uh, In England, yes. It finally arrived in America. And this is supposed oh, this was supposed to be the Halloween issue. I can tell oh, by the spooky, scary skeletons. Yeah. yeah um, Ryan, you appreciate it because my Tall Poppy article is in this one. Where I actually... Do I put Very I tall. you by name, actually, or no? I'm pretty sure I did. I mean, oh, Take your podcast royalty, Ryan Eliopoulos, once what? said... <laughs> But I, I didn't mention you and I did mention you and Sparks in this article. So, but yeah, that this is up, this is up on the Fusion website if you want to pick it up. Just, Very just cool. let you know. Uh, issue thirty-eight. That's all the links we have in the description. So, why don't we go into our week? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Do it. I saw a movie with you, Brandon, and that's everything new that I did this week. All right, Shin Ultraman. Yep, I saw Shin Ultraman, and it was it was pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, we didn't see it together specifically, but we saw it on the same night, the same day. Yes. Um, this is Hideki Ano, directed by Shinji Higuchi. Yep, I didn't know he didn't direct it until I was in that theater. And I can <laughs> now 100% tell, yeah, he did not direct this movie. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised. I shouldn't have been. Here's the thing. Let me preface with, I should not have been surprised, considering um, Hideki Ano did not direct it, but I was still a little surprised that we didn't get the song from Evangelion that's in uh, Shin Godzilla also, you know, the dun, mm. dun, dun. I was a little surprised about that, but yeah, I digress. Ultimately, it's a pretty, ultimately, it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's my first exposure to Ultraman. I think it's yours as well. Not at all. You know, so what, so what, what's your exposure to Ultraman? I've read the comics from Marvel. I've watched cool. two episodes of one of the recent shows and I watched one of the original movies when this was originally announced years ago. I see. How are yeah. those? How are those? How are the what? The comics? How are those? They're written by Kyle Higgins, so you should read it. Okay. I have the first one. I haven't yeah, it's, had a it's, chance. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good comic. Yeah, um, yeah Ultraman is... I wish Hideki did direct this, because the thing about Ultraman is like it's also very, very religious, and there's not a lot of religion happening in this movie. Uh, there's which a, is, there's which a is, passing which reference. Is, yeah, there's a passing which reference. Is fine, which is fine. It is like kind of like shin godzilla like this is like hey if it's your first time watching ultraman here's kind of like an encapsulation of everything ultraman it's almost like this movie has like which is different than well no it's actually kind of similar but like it has like almost three arcs in the movie where it's like here's a here's a little scenario here's a scenario and here's a scenario and they all kind of tie together um 
and they just keep getting extremely more weird as they go um which is really fun i just wish the whole movie was like that to be honest mm-hmm. um because without Anno directing i think some of the i think some of the like how sincere and naive and like very like anime it can be without the right director it can come off a little hokey and bad at times mm-hmm. um which i don't like I don't like saying that with anything Hideki related because um, he still wrote and produced this movie and he was going to direct it, but he was directing Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. So he couldn't, he literally couldn't, he didn't have the time. Um, mm-hmm. So he handed it to his homie, which I guess is fine. It's not a bad movie, but like uh, it, I, I thought it was good. I wish I liked it more to be honest. Yeah. There was a guy sitting next to me. I think I agree with everything you just said. There was a guy sitting next to me who's a huge Ultraman fanatic. Like he, he sat down and immediately talked to the people, to the other people next to us. Uh, it was like, do you, is this your first time watching Ultraman? And he's like, yeah, it's my first. And he like went in on it and he loved this movie. He had a blast with this movie. That's awesome. And I, I was really happy for him. But I also felt like, I also wish I was like, oh man, I wish I could have your experience right now yeah. because it's a very good movie. I really like it. Um, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure, uh, I think as a act, an actual movie, it's fine. I think if you're a fan of Ultraman, you'll get a lot out of it. Just like if yeah. you're a bigger fan of Godzilla, you'll enjoy Shin and Ult- Shin Gold Godzilla more. Even though I think that movie is just a fucking awesome movie too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, it's again like without Ano's like flair, some of the hokiness in this doesn't translate as well without him behind behind the director of it. Um, yeah. Specifically, there's like an like a reoccurring joke about like slapping people's butts. That's just like. What are, we, what are we doing? What is this? Nineteen like nineteen nineties anime? I'm like, well, I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't uh, sure what we were trying to do with that one. Yeah, by the end, I'm like, well, I don't even know what the point of this joke is anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's if you like Ultimate, well, you can you can only see it in Fathom events, so you can't really see it anymore. Uh, but like, it's worth seeing on the big screen for sure. Like that yeah. final act, really cool, really really big and dumb. I love it. Yeah, there's there's what I really like about it is I really like the CG. I like all the designs of the monsters. Um, yeah, I think great. Ultraman looks really good. Mm-hmm. um and i love the kind of like old style look that they have to it like he flies like he's on wires and oh, uh and, which i thought was really cool and it like looks the... cheap on purpose yes it looks it looks great like my biggest dream is this we can just get another dudes and suits kaiju movie and this yeah. oh, this feels like it but it looks you know it's cg but like it has the feel of guys in suits yeah and i i, th- I mean and I think that they they talk about it in the beginning of like there's an interview in the beginning where like Shinji Iguchi talks about like we wanted to make the 60s Ultraman. Yeah. And, and it I was like, you like did that. it. Yeah. 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 They they definitely did it. Yeah. I love the final act a lot um because of how weird and visually really interesting it is. Um yeah. but I, I agree with you. I wish the whole movie was like that. Yeah. Cause like I think because I think if you're already going to go see a movie called Shin Ultraman you know you're gonna get into like kaiju and robots so like i think you can get a little crazier because like shin godzilla that dude's like puking up stuff and like blood blood splatter it's like that thing's weird from from he's like a slug monster at the beginning Mm -hmm. like that movie's weird from the jump um so like i kind of just wish like i love how hokey it is i'm glad that it feels like a 60s movie like it's cheesy as shit and i really appreciate that um i just don't think the directorial flair is as strong as if anna was directing it I agree. And I also, re- I just want to mention my final thoughts on it is I really, really like the cast. I think that yeah. they were all really good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really funny. This guy's name is Shinji and that just, it's a very popular name, but I'm like, man, like Anno and Shinji's, but it's also like, <laughs> like, like the director's name or like the, like the actor's name. It's like, ah, just Shinji's like, like John. It's a John. Yeah. He's John. There's a, there's an alien monster in this movie, Ben, which is, um, 
a which is kind of not two dimensional, but he's like flattened and then curved, and he's he like, like he shows up a lot. Paper. Yeah, and he shows up a lot in like a trench coat and a hat, and it's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the first time that that he they showed up, and I'm like, man, this feels like Doctor Who. Yeah, this feels like ex like expensive, quote unquote, Doctor Who, uh, while yeah. still looking like utter dog shit in in a good way. <laughs> like they're making a show from the '60s, but in 2022, uh, and that's I wish I wish that happened more often. Yeah, me too. Ultimately, yeah. I'm really glad I got to see it though. Same, absolutely, me too. Good time. It was a good time. We should say Ultraman. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. You said ultimately, then my brain went to ultra. ultra it, so. it does, it does like a, the game is on thing where it kind of like sets up like now the rest of Ultraman can happen if this were a franchise. And I'm like, yeah. nah, we're only getting one of these movies though. Dang it. Oh, but, like, but we know we're only getting one of them because the next movie he's doing is Shin Kamen Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, so like, I think that's a, I think that's just a fun thing of like now you can explore all of the movies and TV shows and know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. Like now you have fifty years of movies to watch. Happy birthday, Ultraman fans! I am I am looking forward to Shin Kamen Rider. Still, um, Hideki Anno is directing that one, um, and uh, Shinji Iguchi. By the way, I do want to mention that he was the. There's a lot of visual. There's a lot of really good visual effects in this movie, um, and a lot of it has to do with Shinji Higuchi, who did the visual effects on Shin Godzilla, I believe, um, mm -hmm. and he also did the visual effects on the. Gamera trilogy in the 90s which I adore and I think they look incredible um and so like it was really cool there's actually a, a specific callback one of the coolest shots in the movie is like Ultraman's hand comes up from like the nether dimension that he's in and like grabs the dude that he's turning that's turning into him and yeah. that's straight out of that's straight out of Gamera uh and I was like that's awesome I'm really glad to see that shot again yeah, there's there's some really cool like they're just throwing out like the term multiverse like you mm -hmm. know what it is and it's no big deal and like in the movie, it isn't a big deal. And it's like, man, that's just the world they live in. Just like yeah. God light and kaijus that feed on negative energy, which really isn't in this movie. But that's like the kaiju come to Earth because they feed on human beings negative energy. And the beings of light, the gods of light have have purged negative energy from their beings. So they're like super saiyans and come to help people. Like Ultraman's like a, like a he's basically Superman or a robot Superman. Yeah. Um, and that was really fun. Like, it definitely felt at times like, this guy feels like Superman right now. Like, running away in a forest, ripping his shirt off. I'm like, that's just Superman. Uh, that was it, fun. It does, it, does the, it does what I think it should have done, which is it wet my whistle, and now I want to explore more Ultraman, which is good. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's the best thing one of these can do. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. I, I'm still playing more Midnight Suns, but I don't have any, any more to talk. If you want to hear me talk about that, watch our uh, top 15. Well, since I already talked about Shin Ultraman, why don't I just finish my week? Because I don't have a lot more than that. Finish it. Finish um, it. And then and then Ben can go. I will Bang. talk about X-Men. I read a bunch of X-Men comics. Um, I'm now six months behind. Um, <laughs> hey, so, not that bad, all things considered, where you used to be. That's true. Um, so I read um, Immortal X-Men, um, Duggan's X-Men, Post-X-Lives, I mean, Wolverine X-Force, the i will say i decided not to continue reading marauders by orlando yeah, yeah. i don't really i don't even really like the art so i was just no, kind of like i'm not that's why i stopped that's why i dropped it because like after like i gave i gave it two issues and i'm like i just can't do the art i'm going to finish it on marvel unlimited one because now i don't have to I, it's a subscription but i don't have to pay weekly for it or monthly for it so like i want to read it for the story because it is important like it, it is a main x-men book but i just i don't like the art i really don't 
I just kind of got halfway through the story also, the first issue, because I read the annual and the first issue, mm-hmm. which are both written by Orlando. And I found the annual to be fine, but like I'm reading the second, I'm reading the first issue and I'm like halfway through and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And that was unfortunate because I really liked Marauders when Duggan was doing it. Yeah. And I like Steve Orlando, but like the, the art's half, half the comic. Like I have yeah. to like looking at it just as much as I like reading it. And then I, I, I think I'll continue with Knights of X, but I wasn't crazy about that. It's only six issues, though, so... I think it's five. Five. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not too long, so I could probably keep going with that either, one. Either you continue with it, or just jump onto the new Captain Britain, Bet- Bretty Braddock number one that comes out next month. Yeah, I could probably do either. Yeah. But, so I'll talk about the ones I really like, which is Immortal X-Men, which rules. Um, Immortal X-Men is... Uh, I... You had a, you you actually and I this is not your this is not your fault because it's been ages since it's been out but you like spoiled what kind of the the major twist of the of the issue for me oh yeah it's, yeah yeah it's been ages so it's fine that you did but I did not know that it was just a sinister book and I love Mister Sinister from Hellions and they and they and Kieran Gillen keeps that going yeah uh, keeps that same sinister going so I'm like oh yeah I'm under and something I didn't realize until listening to an interview with Kieran Gillen but uh, Immortal X Men is a twelve issue book. It's going to be twelve issues, um, and every single every single issue is based on a different character. So oh. the focal point, if you look at all the issues, they're all focal points of different characters while the actual story is happening. But it's focusing on one member of the Quiet Council for every single issue. And I'm like, that's, nah, really that's, cool. that's, that's just good shit. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really so I really like Immortal X Men. I really like Wolverine and X Force um, and other books that I can't remember at this point. X Men really Red because cool. that's that's also awesome. That's the rule. shit. That's the sh- dude, queen. She's the queen of the universe. I can't get over Storm. How good she looks. Too. Uh, and Legion of X. I just read Legion of X today, which I really liked. David Hall. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked Way of X when 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 it was titled Way of X when Cyberia was doing it, and now we're doing Legion of X, and I really like it. There's a lot of really cool ideas happening in the X Men comics right now that I'm like super into. Even X Lives and X Death Wolverine introduced the concept that we should probably put that they should probably put a Cerebro helmet in a black hole to prevent anybody from disappearing from the timeline so that they can be revert. I was like, that's so cool. That's a really cool idea. I I love that. Like you have Krakoa, which is a giant living living island with millions of people on it, right? But you also have like like secret hidden like nodes or tumors like moira's got her no place you mm-hmm. got the pit where all the villains get thrown into like xavier's got a spot everyone has their own little spot that like even Krakoa doesn't know about so it's just like it's just so much like it's it is a brand new landscape but it's still the same old machinations of people like uh, stabbing each other in the back and having their own plans and this and that and it's like like you it, you can be different but you're still the x-men that's what i love that's great yeah um the 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 idea like some of the stuff they're doing with cerebros i really like um oh you got to x-force where it's like the the living cerebro thing right the living cerebro thing yeah we were just introduced to that we don't know i haven't gotten i've seen it but it's not happened yet okay um that's the next issue that i'm I'm gonna read um there's there's some really cool ideas like in legion of x um that kurt kurt's just doing some really interesting things but i really like uh david uh, David Holler, uh, Legion um, himself. He's a really cool. He's a really cool character that I really like following in this book. Um, they like put a gate inside of his head to create like this astral plane for people to just hang out in, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, because he's he's he has like perpetual personality. So like, why don't we create like a a, a dimension in my head that we can go to? <laughs> yeah. Are you okay, bud? Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, there's um, 
uh, Immortal X-Men is really cool. Like you, you talked about the stuff with, with Moira um, or, already that, that I think is awesome. I won't, um, I won't, I won't re-spoil it, but like, yeah. it, it's incredible. It's like what started with Hawks Pox of like Moira is like the savior of, of mutantdom. Like she is like the big hero of this book to see where she is now and just how different, not just as a person, cause she's, she's like not a person anymore, yeah. but like just like where she is with the alignments with everyone. It's just like, it's so crazy. Like, how far does a couple years uh, it can go for, for a person? And then uh, the Trial of Magneto also introduced a really cool concept that I wanted to just talk about, like because I read this a while ago, but like the idea that Scarlet Witch... So so there was a problem within Cerebro's backups that everybody who died before Cerebro started backing up were just gone forever. Yeah. Like there was no way to resurrect them because there was no there was no backups so, of these people. So Grant Morrison's X-Men, E for Extinction, 16 million mutants were, were killed, right? All of yeah. them, they can't get brought back because there's no file on them right now. They're not yeah. living right now. Um, and then Wanda's thing, well, you can, you can explain that part. And so, like, she goes through Mutant Resurrection. She stages the whole thing to create this kind of, like, world, out, this waiting room that exists outside of time that allows those mutants who were not able to be backed up to finally have a backup. And it also erases the need for the Crucible. Um, so if you just so if you want to be if you ha don't have your powers anymore because of M Day, then you can walk into the waiting room and you will be reborn with your powers again. Yeah, you don't have to be murdered. <laughs> senselessly murdered in a gladiatory arena, <laughs> which is like incredibly baller. But like as a society, should we be doing that? Should we be murdering people so they can become their better selves? Uh, so like I really like some of the places that the X Men titles are going right now. Um, I'm. I, I'm I got more I got plenty 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 more to read and I can't wait for it all. Yeah, um Thunderbird, who is a character who died in like 1977. He died like in the first like in like the first two issues of of uh the new X-Men launch. Yeah. Um he's been dead for like 40 years. And like that meant something and him coming back is actually like really cool and like he has he's like I've been gone for so long. I don't even know what's who these people are. My brother who is younger than me is now older than me. This shit's whack and he's really mean and he's like him and Cable have like a grudge and it's really great. And there's a there's a mutant that I just met um, in Legion of X who like his mutant power is that people don't remember him. Oh yeah, um, not like, no girl Maxi no. or something. Um, uh, remember me something? No, it's it's it starts with an M. It's like Moxie, Maxi, something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, I don't remember his name, but yeah, like it's like this, like what is it? The silence from Doctor Who, where like you look away yeah. and you don't remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like he'll be having a conversation, people like, "Do I know you?" Like, what are we talking? He's like, we have actually been talking for an hour. Um, yeah, that's that's so awful. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying all of that. I love it. Um, let's see what else I got. Star Trek Prodigy. Um, Star Trek Prodigy finished its first season finally. Uh, Twenty episodes, the longest season of uh, of the current Star Trek shows. Um, I was not as hot with the Star Trek Prodigy um fandom as as others people so people were really into star trek prodigy calling it like the best star trek show on the air right now i disagree it's star trek strange new worlds um but people re people really like star trek prodigy and i liked it it's a good show it's a it's a stealth pre it's a stealth sequel to star trek voyager so there's a lot of concepts for star trek voyager that come back into play in star trek prodigy and that's really cool because i like voyager uh catherine janeway plays uh kate mulgrew plays two characters hologram janeway and vice admiral janeway um and it's a it's a solid show with good animation and some and some good kind of monster of the week concepts uh, with an overarching plot. The the but it really really hit the nail on the head with its finale. The finale the two part finale is great. 
Um, it's not as great as Strive for Strange New Worlds. Nothing ever will be. Um, check out my top 15 for why. Um, but Star Trek Prodigy's two-part finale was very good and it made me cry like three times. Um, and there's some really cool ideas, really cool setups for the for the next season. Um, really happy, ultimately just incredibly happy with where Star Trek is right now. There's three good shows. Three good Star Trek shows on the air, man. Look at that. Look how far we've gone. We had zero. Now we have three. Still like like the head of the thing? He is, but you can tell the shows that he takes his hand off of. And that's really important because so Star Trek Lower Decks, look, Kurtzman, I have my issues with Kurtzman, and he's clearly not a comedian. So he just lets Mike McMahon do a Star Trek show with Star Trek Lower Decks. That's cool. Um Star Trek Prodigy is a kid's show. So he's uh, so, so he doesn't, he's not really have a hand on that one because it's a kid's show. So he's just doing his kid's show thing. And that's cool. Star Trek lowered, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is probably the one that he has the most hands on with like the good Star Trek shows because Akiva Goldsman is the showrunner of that and they're best friends. Um, so also Star Trek Strange New Worlds is like staggeringly good for Akiva Goldsman. Like it's crazy that Akiva Goldsman, who I don't even like as a writer and a producer, hasn't made probably the best Star Trek show in decades. Hey man, um, the guy who made Chernobyl and the Last of Us made like not like scary movie four and superhero movie. Like well, I know it's wild. Like where's this from the ashes? Where where's this been inside of you all this time? Yeah. Um. So like so so Discovery Kurtzman is the showrunner for the not actually anymore, but like mostly he is because um, he doesn't trust people with that show often, so he has a more hands on approach to that. And I don't know what the hell he has to do with Star Trek Picard. I think Star Trek Picard season two was just kind of dealing with the fact that Michael Chabon was leaving halfway through and Terry Metalis was coming in halfway through. I don't necessarily blame Kurtzman. I think there was just something that just happened in the transition between showrunners. But hopefully Star Trek Picard season three will be great. Let's hope for the best. Um, so yeah, so great. Star Trek is in a great place. I'm really happy with that. And finally, no, not finally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't talk about finally. Um, so 1923, I watched the first four episodes of 1923, which is the new Yellowstone prequel series, um, starring Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. I've never seen, seen Yellowstone. I've talked about 1883 before on the podcast. I don't need to rehash that. 1923 is incredible. You want We talk about a lot how Harrison Ford has just been phoning it in for decades. Maybe not decades, but like years. Yeah, for a while. There's been times where he, it's just like, yeah, he's just there for the paycheck. Yeah. 1923, he's incredible. He's better than I've seen him in a very, very long time. I'm so happy he's, he's as good as he is. Part-time. Part-time. <laughs> I, I um, will be in my brain in my brain forever <laughs> until Dial of Destiny creates a new one. Um, so 1923 is is basically like you know at the event it's 40 years after 1883. Um, I think I did the math right. Um, and the uh, the character now everyone you knew from 1920 from 1883 is dead, and there's new people running Yellowstone. Um, and Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are running Yellowstone. They run basically Montana. Um, still kind of like the old West. Um, and now there's, there's a war descending on the Yellowstone and they need to, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm here for it. I don't understand what's going on. Um, but I'm here for it. There's one of their nephews, which I think was the, one of the kids from the, from 1883 has been kind of in Africa 
and he's got a delightful plot line where he's falling in love with this girl who's going to be married who's going to be married off to a loveless marriage and she, all she wants is adventure and he's like he's like he's like man he's like manly man the man man um he, so he's like he is hired to hunt animals that kill people so like if you're in a, if you're like camping in in africa and you're like hey i'm just camping in africa oh no a lion just ate my husband you call this guy um and he kills the lion the original uh, craven the hunter the original craven the hunter <laughs> and so this girl like falls in love with him like is like super like oh my god i want to go with you you live a life of adventure and blah 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 and he's like it's not an adventure it's actually sad um but anyway it's a life of plotline love it very much love them they're 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 perfect together great show Next four episodes air in February. Cannot wait. I might. This might do it. I might start watching Yellowstone. I mean, you have. They have so much prequel history. You have to now. I know, right? You have to. The fact that there's a drama based off the one, if arguably like the most famous national park in the United States of America. The fact that there's like three shows based off that one park is like kind of amazing, if you ask me. Ben, Yellowstone is the most popular show on TV. That period. That's nuts. Isn't that wild? Older, you know, older people just love that shit. I, I bet. It. I don't, you know, I don't know if this is a flex, but I actually have been to Yellowstone before. It's not a flex. Was Kevin okay. Costner there? Because no, he he's in, he's in Yellowstone. That would be a flex. That, that would, that would be. A flex. No, I, I just remember one time, one of my trips to visit my family in Montana. We begged our parents to drive through Yellowstone, and we did, and we actually got to see Old Faithful erupt. That was really cool. That's pretty cool. All right, and then finally, I watched Willow. I with the entirety of season one of Willow is over. Um, they have an ambitious three season plan, and I'm so here for it. Willow is basically a show made exclusively for me. <laughs> well, I, I, can't, I can't watch it. I guess. Well, I mean, I, I I hope I hope that you both like it. I really do. But but there's been some talk online about about the show. Um, not all of it positive, and. I don't agree with the positive. I don't. So, so I don't agree with the negativity lobby towards the show because it works for me on a level that clearly it doesn't for people who other people who have watched it. For a split second, I know you didn't mean it, but when you said you don't agree with the positivity about the show, I was I like, know. "Hold up, what?" I stopped myself. I mean, um, you... So, but like, it's very Last Jedi inspired. Here for it. Uh, because anything Last Jedi inspired, I'm here for. There's a lot of Last Jedi. No. I know. Just pull up my glasses and be angry. Text. Um, and the uh, and it's very funny. Um, it's got a very charming cast of young actors who I fall in love with. Um, it's got a it's got a a lesbian relationship at the center of the show. Like the lead is a lesbian and they're in love, and that's the re- that's the main relationship of the show. I'm like. Hell yeah, here for it. That's the only quote unquote negative that I've seen. It's a, just like lesbians, this is too woke. Yeah, right. <laughs> so not actually um, not actually any negativity. Right. Uh there's a character I really love called Borman. Um, he's he's a lot of fun. He has a connection to Mad Mardigan. What's that connection? We don't know. I know what but it is, but you know, I won't I won't spoil it. Um the 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 show is very good. I really love it. The music is really fun because it's all like modern pop hits. It's great. Um yeah, it's really fun though. There's a great montage that's just to I don't know the name of the song offhand, but it's 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 awesome. Um I really like Willow. Um I've talked to Ben about us, maybe Ben and I just doing a famous oh, watch of it soon. It's, it's on my bin it's one of my goals is to binge that whole season this upcoming week. Yeah, hopefully this year, just kind of for the for the audience, hopefully this year we'll get to do some maybe more dividing and conquering, maybe get some more stuff that we want to do out. Um I know I know Ryan, you and Sparks have talked about doing The Last of Us. Heck yeah, let's watch. get sad. Which is which aired a little while ago, right? Yeah, and 
depending on how sleep. No, I'm not gonna watch it tonight. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. I'm so excited. It's stupid. It's so dumb. I'm so excited. That's my week. Ben. Ben. Cool. So, well, before I go, I want to acknowledge Grayson, who is in the chat. He said, "I know he's not here, but still want to say congrats to Sparks." Yes, thank you. We will. We, we shall, will relay that. We shall relay Guys, that message. Sparks. <laughs> and also, he's. I'm. This is when talking about Yellowstone. He's like more popular than Jag. Omg! Now that's the name of a show or, I have not heard in a long time. Most popular current show, Grayson. <laughs> what are you from? Is, anyway, 70s? is Jack seriously the most popular te- television show ever? Maybe I doubt. I don't know. It. I'm not going to look it up. I thought it was Mash. <laughs> I thought it was Friends. Go or, for it, Ben. Go and, for your week. Anyways, yeah, so not a whole lot uh, media-wise, but I do want to talk about three things. One, I'm going to talk very briefly because it's our main topic of the show. I started playing God of War, the post-game stuff, because I beat I was the game. Gonna so say, I started playing God of War Ragnarok, and I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you guys. I put in number two. I could probably play 20 minutes of it. No, I, I, was, I started the post-game stuff. I started doing some post-game stuff in God of War Ragnarok. Um, I got a real yeah. quick, because this was like, did you get did you get to a second pair of credits? That's all I need to know. Yes, I did. Okay, okay, yeah. you're fine. Then you're good. Oh, I was hoping oh, like some people like because just people miss stuff, and I'm like, please don't miss oh, that. Oh no, I made damn sure I got to that second. Well, that's spoilers, and that's also stuff yeah, we'll be talking I'm about. But yeah, sure I got. We'll talk about I got there, bro. I got there. I got you. Uh, second thing, um, the first thing of media that I want to talk about is that this weekend I've been bugging my roommates to, or Fanny and my roommate to finally play test this game, and we finally played Pac-Man the board game, which Brandon so kindly got me for Christmas. And I have to say, as a, a board game that a video game that transitions into a board game, you kind of think a little, you're a little taken aback. It's like, how is this going to work? But this actually works very, very well. Um, every person playing at the table takes a turn playing as Pac Man. The game is not officially over until everyone plays a turn as Pac Man, and you just add up your score, and whoever has the highest score wins. And the way they incorporate the maze and the little pegs is that the you put the pegs up and it's like, okay, so you have, it's like, you know, you're eating the docks, you push it down and the peg goes flat. The only thing that's a bit of a bummer is my little Pac-Man guy who is supposed to make the sounds doesn't make the sound. Like it's a little, it doesn't make the actual waka waka. So I need to, so I need to, I need to write an email to the company saying like, Hey, maybe it, I'll try and change the battery, but I think I got a default unit. Send me a new one for free, please. Dear uh, sir or madam. Fire help doesn't work. Fire. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, the game is the game is actually very fun. It's actually, I mean, there's a lot of tokens and stuff that are um, situated with it, but it's actually very easy to learn and very fun to play. We played we played like three or four rounds of Pac-Man last night, so I have to say, very solid and very good transition from arcade video game to a board game. And it's I I enjoy it. I really want to bring it over when all of us are together, like. I'll come over super early and then we'll have play a few rounds of Pac-Man before we record a show one day because it's very oh, we, fun. We played uh, a Marvel Uno game. We did. That's incredible, uh, Ryan, you and I. Yes, I, uh, I won, haven't played Uno in a while, but I've never yeah. played Marvel Uno. And that's pretty cool because not only is there like, hey, the main game has like four heroes you can play, but you can add additional decks that not only include more heroes, but they can add additional players. So you can have like a bunch of people playing their own heroes uh and that's yeah that's it's like that's a damn good time that's a really oh, fun look. game oh guys look my nostalgia's bitch is showing oh, oh that's funny yeah it's me. 
I like yeah, all the. I, I, they make a lot of really cool, like licensed Unos that are, mm-hmm. I think, really clever. We played like a Toy Story Uno, the Toy Story Three Uno that had like a Duke Kaboom card that had a really uh, fun yeah. power. That was cool. oh yeah. yeah. We had like, a whole Uno like a, a board, like whole Uno slot of just so many different types of Uno. Scooby Doo Uno. Nice. Ben Ben yeah. talked about Pac Man reminded me of that, so I just want to bring that up. And mm-hmm. by the way, Ben, you are welcome for the Pac Man game. Yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, it it truly is a really fun game. Um, the way that the ghost everyone plays a turn as Pac Man, everyone gets to play the ghosts. If um if there's like more than if there's only like two or three people, then the ghosts are divvied up evenly, and it's it's a really good trans it's a really good translation, and it's actually very fun. It's a real it's it, it's definitely you got risk and reward going with it. So highly cool. recommend highly recommend it if you like board games and video games or am nostalgia's bitch like I am. The other thing that I want to talk about very briefly is that once again for Christmas, I got a Sega Genesis Mini 2. I finally plugged that in, turned it on, and started playing it. Aw, kitty cat. I have to say, Sega definitely knocked it out of the park when it comes with this with the mini consoles. Um, we all know Nintendo made bank money with the NES and Super Nintendo Classic, but Sega definitely needs to be in this conversation a little bit more because both of their mini consoles, the Sega Genesis 1 and 2, are outstanding especially the second one um the second one one of the best features that i found on it is on because it comes with a six button controller layout that the genesis is, became famous for from the model two forward and there's a button it's like a right bumper but it's not essentially a bumper but you push that and you're instantly brought towards like the save um the save state screen you could go back to the main menu because on the original genesis mini one you just had to hold down the pause menu or the pause button, and then you'll be brought back to that screen. This time, nope. Just you, it's easy. It's so much easier to save your game. It's so much easier to create save states. If you're not feeling a game, you could just go back. You just go back and choose another one. Also, sixty games, and I have to give it to Sega that they definitely went with authenticity because those games are in their original form. I, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram last night, but I watched the opening movie to Sonic CD, which on the Sega CD version is a lot more choppy the animation quality is not the best compared to like the pc port or later ports of the game but that's how it looked like on the actual sega cd the system it was originally designed for so props to sega for keeping it as authentic as humanly possible and the whole system runs great i found a new game on there that i'm actually really having fun with called crusader of senti which is a zelda-esque game on the sega genesis that thankfully a lot of people are paying attention now because it's like hey this game is actually really good and it's actually really fun it's cool so yeah sega i mean both mini consoles sega knocked out of the park i mean i have there's a few things i wish they added but besides that it's still solid system definitely if you're a sega nerd and you want to relive some classic sega games definitely get it while you can Sega. Mm-hmm. and yeah that's my week all right shall we do our news bread and butter yum 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 some bread and butter in my belly (laughs) (laughs) that was my cat he said that i didn't say that what a weirdo (laughs) what a weirdo weirdo. all right um so wb stuff um by the way i love what you wrote on this on the um i was I, I went to the drive to look at the to watch the trailers before we did the show today and the second i saw a fucking w wd wbd i was like oh no oh what did they do now it's everything it's every week with these fuckers i seriously i was i was trying i was just like scrolling i was like looking skimming through this i was like hold up they're doing that and 
I have words. All right, Even so Tesla can lick my butthole. <laughs> the cat so, said it. The cat said it. So Snowpiercer, um, had, it was a great movie. Uh, apparently, great TV show. I haven't had a chance to catch it. It's on um, its fourth season, so it's got to be good, right? Right. So the fourth season was going to be its final season. It was filmed. It was. It's in the can. I don't. I'm sure there's still some editing and VFX work to be done, but still, it was. You know, it was filmed. Um, that TNT had uh, re- had renewed it for a fourth and final season, and um, you know, under normal circumstances, it would air. But we are currently living in a very weird and, quite frankly, dangerous place when it comes to television. And 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 Warner Brothers Discovery has decided not to air it. So the series has not been scrapped, and will be. And but the tomorrow, the studio, Tomorrow Studios, who has it, will are able to shop it around to other studios. A finished season should be able to be picked up by someone. That and it's the final season. That's like that's like almost like free money right there. I mean, right. obviously it's not free, but like that's a lot less work to actually like make a show than it is like buy a show. Right. But this is insane that they did this again. Yeah, and again, it's like just like Westworld, like didn't get its final season. Like, is this a show that like just is not just going to get its final? It's just like we filmed it and it's just it's bye. That's it. Sorry, fans. Right. Like, like just how, like just shitty. What? How? When? When? When has it ever been a thing where you film something and it doesn't happen? Well, sure, there's like movies like Cabin. Well, seriously, but like before this, like there were movies like Cabin in the Woods that stayed on the shelf for a while, but they were eventually released. That's that's the thing. Like there are there are a bunch of movies that like we don't know that this happens to, but like a lot of January movies. Let's say, oh, there's one, uh, Take Me Out Tonight, the Topher Grace movie that was on the shelf for almost like five years. Um, because one, it's a totally just fine movie, but like it was really like grotesque and had a lot of cocaine, and the movie studio was afraid of it. And then it came out, and by the time it came out, it wasn't a big deal because mm-hmm. every movie is like that now. Um, yeah, it's I even if a movie's bad, like it should be, it deserves to come out. Like it's still an artist trying to make something. So it's like you paid the money. Like this, that's good. Like it's just so stupid. So stupid. You paid the money to make the ser- to make the series. You're supposed to get money back when it airs. The thing is, I think like the probably the show was like so far gone by the time Zaslav took over. So like now that it's like, all right, we're done. We're ready to let let's start. Like you know. Let's get that season in the gear, HBO or, or TNT. They're like, well, hold on. Hold on. We don't want it. We don't want it anymore. More tax write-offs. Ben, do you have anything you want to say about this? Um, It sucks. It really does. Really the only thing, I, I don't know where Zaslav's main office is, so this is probably just a moot point, but I could just think, I just see myself like going down, like eventually when I do go to Universal to Nintendo World, because you know how you can see the Warner Brothers lot from it? Just pick just, any window, you, just any window, and I'm sure it? you'll get it. <laughs> just, just be, just like walk down and just flip them off. That's all I want to do because all this is just so completely BS. There are fans of that show who are robbed of a of a season that I've heard is a really decent show. It's really decent. Um, and the fact that they're not getting it, the fact that it's made, the fact that it is the fact that the sheer fact that it is done is just mind-boggling that Zazov won't get off his stupid ass and just release the goddamn thing. But now these poor, these like these producers, the people who worked on the show now have to go on social media. They have to fight for some other studio to pick it up, which I hope to God it does. But the fact that Zazov is still pissing away opportunities like this, the fact that it's done, it just goes back to the Batgirl crap. Batgirl was done, or it was this close to being done, and he decided... Lol, no, I'm not going to do that because well, I'm an idiot. Well, it's again because like he looks at a spreadsheet and it, he doesn't see he doesn't see what again whether it's good or bad. He doesn't see like people making art. 
He's like, cool, this isn't going to make me as much money as I want, so we're just not going to release it. And, you know, when you're a businessman, sure. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you're dealing dealing with, like, the art industry, maybe think a little. I don't mean mean, to throw Velma under the bus. No, you can't. It's okay. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, I've not heard good things. Um, but I, but like something like that comes out when something like this, something like this doesn't. Like, where is, I'm sure, like Ryan said, it's a spreadsheet. Scooby Doo will make more money than Snowpiercer. So we release yeah. the Scooby Doo thing and the Snowpiercer thing gets to go. I'm sure that's what it is. But like, we all know that studios and executives are only in it for the money we get it we know this but Mm -hmm. we we don't like having our noses rubbed in it no we don't Um, and that's what zaslav keeps doing every damn week yeah essentially sorry go ahead no i was gonna say zaslav and bob chapek i mean chapek messed up royal but at the same time both him and chapek or zaslav and and chapek are doing things that are just absolutely bonkers that ceos of companies that are I, I want to say they used to be revered companies. People had so much respect for these, for well, these now, companies. Hold on. For these stu- hold on. Remember, JPEG is gone. I yeah, hear back. Yeah, JPEG is gone. I'm, so I'm he did talking. not. No, here's the thing. JPEG didn't destroy Disney's image. He was close. Right. I'm sure he could have given five years, but he, but he, but he didn't. And I hear his back. Zaslav, you're, Warner Brothers is celebrating its centennial. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it by cutting and getting tax write-offs. So is Disney. And, but, Disney Disney, is also but see, that's that's why well, that's why that's not why even I said close it. to the same though. Not right, no, exactly. You were exactly. they're not right. they're not canceling movies that Marvel put, made when they're they're like in pre like they didn't they're not canceling Shang Chi two after it's done filming. Right. That's not something Mar- Disney does. And so, so that's the thing. That, like, yes, Ben, you are correct. Both Disney and Warner Brothers are celebrating the centennials. But the only reason why I didn't bring up Disney centennial and, War- and I did Warner Brothers centennial is because Warner Brothers centennial is the one that is relevant to this conversation because it is the one that is actively being hurt. Mm-hmm. Disney's isn't. Disney's fine now. Disney, no, no, we don't have been... to worry about Disney anymore. No, uh, the Warner, Brothers, I... Warner Brothers is being actively destroyed from within. No, the reason why I, I, I brought Disney in the first place is because the, the clear difference between Disney and Warner Brothers is that Disney noticed that how bad Chapek was doing and they decided to take action and get him the F out. Whereas over on the other side, Warner Brothers just doesn't give a shit. Their executives, whoever's running that company, like, okay, we know who's running the company, but the the people below him, the board of directors, the other, the other people who are supposed to put him in check are not doing jack shit. I, I, if you've listened to us talk about this before, like at the end of the day, again, it's always about money, but the Mm -hmm. thing that I, respect disney about no matter how bad they are they're always out to make a good product for people who want to see it they're not out to scam you they're not i mean in, in different ways we go to a disney right. park it's a different story but like yeah. they they're, they put out so many marvel movies so many so many of these like you know princess movies sci-fi movies whatever star wars movies because people come they want to watch them if we pay for it uh, uh we'll make more of them and that's how mm-hmm. that's how business works you, it, it's it's a it's a we know it's a business. We're and not pretending what, that Hollywood is not, you know, not for just art. And to your point, Iger was really good about making about knowing that if you make a good product, you will make more money. Yeah, yeah. There's and a so video that, to... that, that's where the that's where the quality control for Disney came from. Yeah, there's the a video. I don't, don't know see... if you guys saw it, but go ahead, Ben. No, sorry. I was just gonna say there was a video I saw this week that I think all of us would enjoy. So I'll put it in the text thread later. Uh, it's it's like one of the um, I don't want to spoil it, but it's essentially Bob Iger facing off against Bob Chapek with Disney with Mickey Mouse, essentially 
not really cussing him out, but like saying all the bad shit that he's done to mm-hmm. Disney. Yeah, I'll I send just, that. I'll send that at, video. But I just look at Snowpiercer. Ben, have you seen the movie Snowpiercer? I have not. That's a little Chris Evans, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Ryan. You, you, you have. I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, great movie. I love that movie. And I was really excited for that TV show and four seasons passed by and I completely forgot about it. TV shows are bigger events investment. Yeah. So like, so, so I, I did want to watch it, but like what's next? Is Snowpiercer being taken off of HBO max? Well, here's the thing. They did it to Westworld, which is a considerably bigger show. Exactly. So like, it's like, they're not going to take game of Thrones off because that is the biggest show like ever made. But like at this point until, until somebody stops him, Literally anything and real anything could be on the chopping block. Yeah. Like literally anything. Brandon, I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Both Warner Brothers and Six Flags are in the, the same disarray that no one wants to go to those things anymore. Mm. Well, Six Flags is owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, look forward to That's Velma Season 2 next year. Oh, God, that already got renewed for a season two. No, what happened was they 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 had already planned a certain amount of episodes, and then they decided to call one season one and two. They did uh, we Netflix got in trouble for this when Cuphead was re, was renewed for season two, uh, um, because you order say let's say you order ten episodes, but mm-hmm. they release five, and then they make the news, hey season season two coming, and you get all the press release, and you like, that's what oh, happened that's to cool. me because I'm like oh it's season two of Cuphead, like no nah, it's just the second part. Yeah, it's just second part of season one. Yeah. Um, that actually Invincible was really smart when they were renewed for season two. It's like it'll take us years to to animate this. We did not have more than this than this already yeah. already done. Yeah, right. full that season. You hold your horses. Yeah. Um, it's like when it's the same thing, like kind of like the same thing when uh um frack Rick and Morty. Yeah, well, yeah, Rick and Morty similarly was renewed for seventy episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not anymore. Well, I mean, they still have the they still have the season order. The series Bro, order, think, I guess. You think the main voice actor of both those characters is, is still going to be voicing those characters? I mean, it's still Warner Brothers. Bro, that guy's going to jail. So Ezra Miller supposedly is still the Flash. Bro, that's <laughs> he started a cult. Ezra Miller started a cult. I'm just saying. True. No, I think, but they are very different people. That's yeah. That's yeah. I know. Different. I agree. I agree that yes, it's it's highly. I. I would like to believe in the in the goodness of Warner Brothers to be like, okay, yeah, you're going to jail. We're not going to work on bailing you out, and we're done. Yeah. But I also know that David Zaslav's a maniac who will probably find a way to bail him out and get him working again. Because Rick and Morty is a very popular show. No, it is. I just, man, after the week that guy's had, I don't see anyone wanting to work with him ever again. Yeah, you'd hope. I really hope. Yeah. Speaking of Warner Brothers Discovery, however... Um, the Justin Roiland stuff wasn't in the news, but it should have been. And so, you know, that. Hey, he's him. a creep. Don't watch those shows anymore, please. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery is looking to sell uh, their entire music library. I don't necessarily know what that means. <laughs> it's estimated like to cost. Score, it's like the scores of their movies, like Dune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. score. It's their movie scores. It's all the stuff that they like. It's the the it's soundtracks. It's music from popular artists that they own. Like Disney has Buena Vista Records, I believe, still. Um, yeah. And it, it is a value estimated at one billion dollars. That's. I mean, that's a lot of money. But like, what the hell's like? What the hell's like? Paramount gonna do with like, like somebody's like somebody's like theme song? Like what? Like. Right. Exactly. I mean, like, I guess, I guess, you, from now on, you'd have to outsource music from other studios or from other uh record labels and i i get i guess 
that seems more profitable. What's a, what's a big Warner Brothers movie theme song? Su- uh, Superman, John Williams Superman theme. Yeah. Is yeah. that going to be owned by like Disney now, and they're just going to be able to use that when? Like, what? What's the point of like? I understand. I understand they need money, but like throwing away like your music legacy. What are we doing the, now? What yeah. are we doing? This the is only, baffling. The only thing that the only way that this can make sense to me is if they are selling off the the rights to music from popular artists that are not connected in any way whatsoever to their properties or franchises, stuff like that. Yeah, like, that would make sense. Legal. Yeah, but like, like, say, I'm, I'm 99 sure Van Halen was under the Warner Brothers record label when they started okay. out, and okay. so that means that Van Halen, that Warner Brothers could sell the rights to Van to the the music rights to Van Halen, and then let's say Sony scoops up the rights and then they reprint the records again. It's like, uh, hey, see, we, see, you're right, I don't know. you're right, Ben. That makes sense. Selling things like soundtracks doesn't make a lot of sense because you'd you'd have to license you'd have to license that music from a new company from now on rather than just using your own library. Yeah. That's weird. That doesn't make a lot of sense. They're, it's, they're spending more money in the long term if they're going to continue to make movies and TV shows. Right. Exactly. They're oh, getting like rid of their they, own. Uh, whatever. Man. It's like, <laughs> hey, Danny Elf. How many soundtracks does Danny Elfman have with Warner Brothers for doing superhero shit? But let's talk. Let, All yeah, of Danny them. Elf, yeah, like <laughs> Danny Elfman's Batman score. That's good. if that some if like Disney buys that up, you know they're gonna squeeze Warner Brothers for to the rights to use it. I mean, it's likely that they wouldn't be able due to antitrust laws. They might not be able to sell it to other, other studio. They'd have to do it to another record label. Whatever record label is not owned by a studio at this point, mm-hmm. um, which is still, which is whatever, not a lot. P- Pinch and pennies, however, however you need to. Let's sell all of our music. Why not? This Just might not come to pass. Admittedly, they, it is just something they're looking to do. So, That's just honestly, weird. why do you want to kill Water Tower music? Just, just why do you want to kill Water Tower music, Zaslav? Why? Ben, I'll tell you why? It's a spreadsheet. He doesn't, he doesn't care about Water Tower music. You see, that's the thing. I'm honestly surprised. That the, I get it. I get it. Zaslav must look at DC Comics as like a story farm. But like, yeah. I'm shocked that DC Comics hasn't been discussed to be sold at this point yeah because it's absolutely for marvel too like comics don't make any money anymore right this isn't the 90s anymore um so like yeah uh boy howdy and everyone under warner everyone who ran warner brothers before was always willing to flip the bill for the fact that comics have probably not doing so well and they always looked at them as like an investment but like saslov is so insane i do not put it past him being like all right dc comics you're going by i am i have to i have to imagine that like again like DC Comics itself doesn't make him money, but then he looks at all the superhero movies for the next ten years that he's going to make with James Gunn, and he's like, "Yeah, that that could stay around for ten years. We'll see how it goes then." Yeah, that that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Action Comics ten fifty one coming out soon. Yeah, that's true. You know, hey, Zaslav's... I'm looking forward to that. Honestly, Zaslav is a an idiot. All right, Agatha Coven of Chaos. We're no longer talking about Warner Brothers. Thank God. Talking about witches. I... Agatha Covenant of Chaos, we'll see the return of David Payton, David Lingle, Asif Ali, Amos Glick, Brian Brightman, and Kate Forbes, who were all in WandaVision and will now oh. be in Agatha. Those are just more of the townspeople. Cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, sure. I know Neat. one of them is the guy with the mustache. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. last week was was uh, Deborah Jorup from that 70s show, so, you know, everyone's back. That, that 90s show. <laughs> Oh, I heard not oh, good I things about Katie. that show. I I haven't seen honestly, I haven't seen that 70s show, so I wanna I, I, I just wanna believe. 
I want yeah. to leave. Like um, Jack Schaefer, who directed WandaVision. Um, Ganja uh, Montero, who directed episodes of Wednesday. And Rachel Goldberg, who directed episodes of Mayans MC, will direct episodes for Agatha Coven of Chaos. Oh, cool. Damn, they're they're all, all they got Mayans MC director? God damn, that's going to be cool. Yeah, it's not bad. got Tim Burton? <laughs> um, there is a Harley Quinn and the Joker um, audio uh, story coming from Spotify. DC oh, and Spotify wow. have teamed up for Harley Quinn and the Joker Sound Mine, which will release at the end of this month, the first. It will detail a new version of Harley Quinn's origin with Christina Ricci playing Harley, Billy Magnuson playing Joker, and Justin Hartley yeah. playing Bruce Wayne. That's, huh. that's pretty good. That's pretty good casting. That's a good cast, I think. That's pretty good cast. Wait, Christina Justin Ricci. Harley. Remind Green me of Justin Hartley. There we go. Original. The, the original from uh, Smallville. That guy. Yep, got it. And he played Superman in Injustice. He played Superman in Injustice, so that's cool. There you go. Um, yeah, I, not I, the game, the animated movie. The animated mm-hmm. movie. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, oh, good for that guy. But I'm like, wait, those are all those the, the Justice League people. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to all of, because there's at this point, there's a lot. But, like, both DC and Marvel are putting a lot of effort and time and money into, like, these dr- audio dramas. And they're not cheap. They're not just like, hey, here's a dude talking. Like, they're full on, like, produced. Like, you know, you hear people walking and, like, cliffs are like, it's it's good stuff. I know, like, Sparks, like, like that Batman one he recently listened to. Yeah. I want to go back and finish the second Wolverine one because I remember listening to the first Wolverine yeah. one. And that first Wolverine one was, the, what was it, The Long Night? The Long Night. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Armitage's Wolverine was just so goddamn good. He, was, he, I, he, live action, no, but he's got a great voice. Oh no, yeah, no animated hell, animated hell yeah! I mean, I'm, the whole time I have to keep talking to myself like this is not only Thor Oakenshield, but it's also um, um, Trevor Belmont, and this oh, is yeah. freaking amazing. He's got such a good voice. Yeah, he does. He you does. know, Castlevania needed a better audio director. Anyway, yeah, man, I uh, gotta, oh, I gotta finish that. Man. Me too. I'm only halfway yeah. through the fourth season. <laughs> It's too much to watch. I know. Um, but yeah, Christina Ricci and Billy Magnuson are great picks for Harley and Joker. Billy Magnuson, especially. Uh, and Justin Hartley, I love him. So like him as Bruce Wayne rules. Yeah, I... Uh, uh, this... this excuse me this this does sound something i would like to listen to because like hearing the joker like i'm assuming it's gonna be you know harley at, at arkham but it's like a new twist on it but like it's that story yeah. of he converting her and stuff so like i'm super into hearing those two people do that thing and then also batman's there right yeah well course, you know yeah. what interestingly they say he's cast as bruce wayne maybe there's no batman yet oh. or there is oh, a batman really? there is a batman but he's not in the story yeah oh hmm. he just shows up it's me Goodbye. it's me on batman it's me it's justin hartley Groot, a new four oh, issue miniseries from Dan Advent. <gasps> Art by Damon, Damien uh, Cocero. Cocero? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a four issue miniseries and we'll tie into the new Guardian series and we'll tell a new origin or the origin of Groot. I don't think we've actually seen or the Groot's origin at this point. He's from Planet X and that's what we've known for 60 years. And uh, they recently revealed that the gardener was the reason why he couldn't say anything other than I am Groot. He's been talking. Groot's been, I don't know if I like Groot talking. I'm going to be honest. Maybe just because I'm, I'm so used to him being I am Groot. But him like having conversations, I'm like, mm. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think it was, most of, was it Empire that revealed that? I do not remember at this point. Yeah. I just remember um, he was talking in like, when, like the latest run or whatever. 
uh, he started. I was reading Donny Cates' run uh, as uh, on um, Guardians, and that was like just after he got his voice back. He was starting to talk, and I was like, "This is weird." Yeah, he's used to it. Yeah. Um. So he, here's what it says: Before he was a Guardian of the Galaxy, before the Groot Fall, which is the next event for Guardians, uh, young Groot lived a life of tranquility on his ho- on a serene on a serene home world. But when monstrous invaders attack his planet, Groot must accept his heroic destiny, but will this destiny lead him to come to blows with a young Kree soldiers by the name of Marvel? I, so first of all, I saw that, that yeah, Captain Marvel, who's, who stayed, who has stayed dead since the eighties when he died of cancer, which is awesome. One of the only characters who stayed dead. Uh, I love that. Um, uh, this is really cool. I, I don't know if I need, cause like originally like it's like in Connors, I'm like, Oh, Groot was like an invader from a long time ago, but like, don't worry about it. Like he's the monster from planet X. Like there's that yeah. famous, like, like old comic. Um, so if they're going to retcon, I'm like, oh, actually, these other people were the invaders and he was just there. He was just there. I'm like, that's fine. I don't, have a, well, I don't I care about it that much. They're probably just going to make it so that that invader from Planet X was a different group. Yeah. It's his brother, Grot. It's his dad. It's his dad. Dun, I, am dun, excited dun. For, I am excited for one, Dan Annett's coming back because that dude is a, is a great writer for everything, especially the Guardians. But like... Um, uh, I'm excited for this Guardians group fall idea. Like, I yeah. hope it's not just like, just like, oh, it's just a bunch of evil Groot. I hope it's more than that. But also, like, if it is, that's that could be fun. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for this next run of Guardians comics uh, a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Storm is getting a new five issue miniseries. By the winds. Uh, written by Ann Nascenti, with art by Sid Koshin. Kotian? Koshin, probably. I guess that sounds fancier. Um, it will delve into Storm's fan favorite punk era. So this is kind of in the vein of um, the Fantastic Four, the new Fantastic Four comic, or the um, well, what else Peter David is doing. I, well, I yeah, it's it's actually more like X Men Legends because it's all the old writers coming back. And the Santee is a writer from the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So like she's writing eighties Storm again. So it's just basically like I'm going back to the stories I used to write because I'm 16. right. That, that's what they said in the press release, which is like you know in the vein of those comics where we've had like Peter David uh, come back and do stories from the past, but like continue Chris Claremont with X Men Legends, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, New we're... Fantastic Four, I think, is what he's doing right now. Uh, yeah, New Fantastic Four, which is the like Wolverine. Uh, there's um, there's a bunch of Maestro. That's the guy's name. Maestro comics that are kind of in the same vein. I don't um, know who's buying them, but he's had like three miniseries. <laughs> I know it's weird. Anyway, so this is going to go back into the past into Storm's punk era, um, but by Anna Senti. Uh, the upcoming series will see Storm's omega-level mutant gifts evolve in a radical way, causing her to lose control at a pivotal time in her journey as leader of the X-Men. In the tumultuous journey that follows, fans will see Storm confront a new nemesis, perform breathtaking, never-before-seen feats, and even fall in love. Ooh. Interesting. It's always fun meeting a new nemesis that we don't know about forty years later, right? <laughs> um, this is this is at one at once really really cool because Anna Senti, who has, who like I said earlier, she's she's a older writer. Um, she did not get the love. She wrote she wrote some X Men stuff. She wrote a great Daredevil run. Uh, she created Typhoid Mary. Like she was a prominent writer of the eighties, and she did not get any credit because she was a woman at Marvel or, or any woman in the comic industry. Like it is, it's unfortunately up until like the last couple of years where people are like, "Oh, damn!" And the Senti is actually awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really great that she's getting to write this. On the other hand, we don't have a lot of black writers writing black characters, so we would like some black writers to write some black characters instead of keep giving it to the same white people, even if it's an old white person. I appreciate it. 
Um, but Storm hasn't had a miniseries in a while, so I'm happy that that's happening because she is the coolest X-Men. There's a lot more excitement around this than there was for, let's say, New Fantastic Four or the Symbiote Spider-Man series. I forgot those are the other ones. That's right, yeah. Oh, also, well, Peter David is not nearly as loved as Anna. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, this yeah. is, at least this is a beloved writer, especially, like, a, a more recently be uh, re beloved writer coming yeah, back yeah. to write this story, so. Yeah, I, I am, I'll at least check the first issue out for sure. Yeah. Trailers. Time to Already. We're back, trailer the tra park. We're back in the trailer park. Oh, my God. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I, we, we say it every week, but Spider-Verse was the best thing to happen in animation. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Because this isn't obviously like 3D like it is, but it has like the cool style of it. Um, it definitely has um, the soul of that of that animation style. Yeah, yeah. This looks really cute. This yeah, looks adorable. I, this isn't Disney Plus. This is like straight up Disney Channel. Yeah, right? this, this Disney is, XD. Uh, I I would one hundred percent watch this on if this were on Disney Plus. I I don't have cable. I'm sh I'm sure they have it somewhere downstairs, but I don't want to do that. Like I want to come to Disney it, Plus. It, yeah, it is coming to Disney. It is coming. I'm like, I'm still waiting for season three of the Owl House to come to Disney Plus. Um, mm. uh, Disney Animation, man, they've like the, the years past that I haven't really started watching it. Thanks also thanks to Sparks recommendations and just like hearing good shit online. Don't throw them under or don't sleep on Disney Animation. So Moon Girl Double Dinosaur is definitely something I would say to to keep an eye out. That's some. I think the shit. I think the animation is really good. Um, honestly, great. Um, I think that the uh, storyline that they've done is a good adaptation of the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur comics. I did read the first arc ages and ages ago, and I'm glad they took away the sad part, which is that the reason why Devil Dinosaur is in the future is because Moon Boy, who was his partner in the past, is dead. Um, yeah. So, like, if that is in the if that is in the show, I'd be surprised. But it's it's yeah, it's a good way to. He does have to get that, but like you know, you can make it an accident. Moon Girl accidentally makes a time machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so like, looks really good. Looks really fun. I love Double Dinosaur, so it's really cool to see him get a show, especially yeah. if, even if it's a kid show. Um, yeah. This looks very charming. It's got a lot of personality to it, which you love to see when it comes to animation. Oh yeah, uh, there's a there's a great line. Uh, why don't we call the Avengers? Like the Avengers don't come past 14th Street. Yeah, <laughs> like I gotta be. This kind of gives me like like. Like Luke, like Luke Cage vibes are like no one's gonna protect this city but me, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's just really cool. And like, mm -hmm. it's just or at like, least man, that like... part of, or at least that part of the city, at least. Um, yeah, that part of the city. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's having uh, it's cool to have a show about a dinosaur, but to have it look this good, not just visually, but like it looks like like the quality is there. Um. Like the writing is really crisp. Like I am. Her and her little friend, uh, like she makes her super outfit and she's like, Yeah, you did the thing. He's like, Yeah, 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 you go do the thing. And I'm like, it's just like it feels really charming and really fun. Um, yeah. and again, like I'm glad it's on a regular TV channel, so all those kids who don't have you know streaming services can watch it, but I want to watch it on Disney Plus, so I'll wait for that. There's a there's a way that that adults write kids that if you don't do it well, um, especially like modern teenagers, like uh, modern kids under 13 or wh whatever, like adults doing that, if you don't do it well, can feel very jarring. But I think what's really interesting is when you get a writer who does it well, um, which this show looks like it will, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel like if you hear More. some, if, it, 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 it doesn't feel so cringy, I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, I, it feels, it feels writer, natural. It feels natural. Yeah. I There's a writer I love, Mark Wade. Uh, his his ex gotten older, 
because he's been writing for a while now. Um, he did a run on the champions where he's writing all teenagers. And when you have an old white man writing all teenagers, you start to notice it after a couple issues. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that is not what we sound like. That is not what young people sound like, Mr. Mr. Wade. I'm sorry. Um, so like it is nice to have like someone who like who who keeps up with the youth. So like it doesn't yeah. sound like like that's not what kids sound like. Mark that's Wade is the Mark Wade is essentially Steve Buscemi. How you doing, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that was also the issue with Brian Michael Bendis when he wrote John Kent. Like yeah. his, his yeah. John Kent felt very much like teenager from two thousand and one, maybe. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Like the the older you get, you get like the further you get away from young people, so you don't know yeah. what they actually sound like. Yeah. Which is a bummer because I still really enjoyed his Young Justice run. Dang it, that's, that's good. You can enjoy that Young Justice run. Yo, I he did, wrote, I, wrote Teenagers and All New X-Men. I like that book. Yeah, That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying he can't write Teenagers. I'm just like, dang it, he but like, the Mark I will, the big ones. But I will say, like, I don't, I didn't like his Young Avengers run because he had a very how-do-you-do fellow kids energy about it. Um, so I'm glad you liked it, though. That's that's really cool. Young, young... Justice. 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 Young I, Justice. I, I know what you meant. Yeah. Junji Ito, Maniac. Japanese tales of the macabre. Man, I was like, I was really enjoying this trailer. And then it started getting real fucked up. And I'm like, oh yeah. This is <laughs> this is oh, like all the voices. Ben, I know you love that part, right? Of the flashing it, images of the corpses. And no, like it reminded not. me of Evangelion's like like previous on Evangelion, and just like so many things happening at once and there's screaming and blood. I what definitely got me was how it starts off kind of happen like you know it's this is an anthology series so that i assume they're just doing cuts from all the different shorts or the different um episodes yeah. they're gonna make and just as the trailer because i was watching this with fanny because fanny has been really wanting to dip her toes in junji ito like she wants to get one of this on one of the books by him where he adopts a cat oh yeah um so Definitely the more I was watching this trailer, the more how and like the lower the fun, happy music died down and the more screaming and anguished voices started rising. It's like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, it's good. There's so much like regular, like it looks like sometimes it's just you just regular life happening. And then you get like a really goofy looking guy or like a deranged cat. My friends have melted. My friends have melted. Yeah, yeah. there's some, um, there's, there's one thing that is very clearly like, Junji Ito obviously is like he likes he does he's done his own thing, but there's one very clear Lovecraft Lovecraft inspired thing, and it's it's an ancient beast uh, uh, lands on the beach or uh, washes on the beach, and there is there's a video game that I played a couple years ago called The Call of Cthulhu, and it's based off of one of his short stories where a a primordial beast washes on the shore and it corrupts the entire town and turns them into monsters basically. Um, and I'm just, that idea is so cool, like. The monster is so old and beyond our reasoning. Just looking at it like warps us, and it's like, oh, I'm near this thing. I'm a different person now, and like I'm evil now. Uh, and that is awesome. I love bad vibes. This looks like all the bad vibes. And it's got what was that game called? Uh, Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu. Check that out. Actually, that sounds rad. It's good. It's like a, it's like a role playing like talkie game. It's like it's a, not much action. It's mostly talking and like uh, detective work. Uh, all right. Bo is afraid. Uh, Grant, another one that messed me up. Oh yeah, we saw we saw Midsummer together, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, we did. And the second the second this trailer started, and I saw from the minds of Hereditary, from the mind behind Midsummer and Hereditary, I'm like, oh great, another A24. Let's fuck with your mind. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, uh, like 
so it takes place like during the apocalypse like something terrible is happening to the world it's like the walking dead's happening uh and bo has to go see his mom <laughs> that's the story bo's gotta go see his mom and he gets uh, hit by nathan lane uh-huh and the lady from the office <laughs> and the lady from the office um and then they kidnap him because like i guess like they might have asked oh they could have killed him so they don't want to go to jail who knows but then like he goes on an acid trip and like he's like in a in an animated world for a little bit like not he's in like nonsense. a he's a 3d a real person in like a cardboard cutout world yeah a la it's, paper it, mario kind of and then you got and then you have him screaming and yelling and then you have stuff with nathan i don't know what the flying frack i was watching all yeah. i know the entire time i watched this trailer i'm like ryan's gonna love this brand's probably gonna enjoy this and they're gonna definitely love watching me squirm when we see this movie so it's not, I a, have horror, not, not a horror movie though i have not seen hereditary not but i really really like midsummer midsummer did screw me up so i'm, and this, I'm thinking i'm i got good chances of liking this yeah one. and this definitely is like it it's it feels almost like like a like an adventure movie like a like mm-hmm. a modern like this dude's got to see his mom but it's also like at the end of the world and I'm like because it's like fun. and it says in, it says like some of the one of the title cards is like from Ar- from Ari Aster's nightmares mm-hmm. so like this is still like him trying to give us a, a a look inside of what he dreams about at night yeah yeah uh, uh Joaquin Phoenix you know always always good I'm not yeah, worried about doing... that dude giving a good performance um, me either. It's always fun because, like, what's his name? Damien Chazelle put out Babylon last month, which nobody saw. Um, but that is a movie that is unlike anything he's ever made before. Um, it's like people are saying it's like anti La La Land. Like, it is crude and gross and weird. And I'm like, oh, I gotta see that. So I'm like, the fact that Ari Aster is like, I make horror movies. What if I also make a weird adventure movie about a guy who's gonna go see his mom? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, I will buy one ticket, please. Thank you. And then throwing all the horror elements in there too, just because, why not? History of the World, Part 2. I never thought I would ever see this in my life. I never thought we'd get here. This is this is so ridiculous. I know I've seen clips from History of the World, Part 1. I want to say it, it was the... Was it biggest? No, that was Monty Python. Oh, no. That's Monty Python, that's Monty Python yeah. and the Life of Brian. Yeah. Life of Brian, that's right. Um, now I'm going to enjoy a Mel Brooks double feature-ish. So- let me just say, yep. it is incredible that we are weeks away from a new Mel Brooks TV series. Brilliant. I never thought we'd be here. We'd, four, we'd get... part, four part event. Four part. That... Mel Brooks. Love it. Um, real quickly, Ben, though. Um, the end of History of the World Part 1 ends with a tease for History of the World Part 2. Like that's, <laughs> And so the joke is that History of the World Part 2 coming next summer, it's never... That, that was the joke for the longest time is that we yeah. never made History of the World oh, Part 2. Oh, so it's it's like Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. like so like at the end of that movie, they're like, and coming up in History of the World Part 2, and it's like a bunch of new... So quick sketches. So like now, now that we're finally doing History of the World Part 2, and we have some incredible comedians in the show. Every comedian is in this movie. Pretty much. Like everybody. Every single Josh. scene. It's like that's a famous person. That's a famous person. And some of the new and some of the new blood from um uh that, that show that's incredibly popular, that sitcom that won a bunch of golden gloves. What is that show? Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary. Um who are who are wonderful uh actors and comedians and they're in the show also, and that's really cool. Yeah. I just love Wanda Sykes' Harriet Tubman. She's like, How the hell did these people enslave us? Uh yeah. God, I Again, like you said it, you said it there, Brennan. Like we're getting a new Mel Brooks thing, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is crazy. And like, 
you know, Blazing Saddles comes out, and then like decades later, people are like, you know, you can't make jokes like that anymore. And I'm like, I'm about to watch like four hours of that shit. <laughs> like, right. I, you can be funny and not be not be mean about it. Like, you could uh-huh. you could be crude and make fun of people, but you can be you could be funny about it. You don't have to be mean about it. Um, uh-huh. so like, I am I am over the moon. Will this be good? I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't know. I hope so. But I I'm I'm predicting a good time regardless. I am. I do. I enjoy Mel Brooks. I'm just glad that Mel Brooks is still alive and he's still kicking. He's still doing fun stuff. He's got one more and out. Thank God. He's got one more. Yeah, he's got like one 600. more. I know that dude's like 11D. And even now, I just love like how he introduced it. He had to check the inside of his coat pocket to make sure what his name was. It's like I mean, he's he's delightful. Man. He's delightful to watch. The last thing he was actively involved in as a creator was the remake of the producers, the musical that came out in 2008. Yeah. Did you ever do Spaceballs the animated show? No, I don't believe so. God, I love that producer. I, I heard nothing but bad things, so I just hope not. So I hope you won't. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Um, and I don't know. But anyway, so like it's really so like I'm choosing to hope that this is I'm choosing to believe that this is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, it's tough. It's tough when you get someone who's 94 years old who's a aging who's an aging director, uh aging comedian to kind of come in. But it, it's also like, you know, as you said, like the people who say that you could never do Blazing Saddles today are the people who didn't understand Blazing Saddles. Um, like Blazing Saddles is not a bad-natured comedy. Making making fun of it, it's a good-natured comedy with some bad language in it that doesn't that yeah. hasn't aged well. Yeah. Um, you could do Blazing Saddles today. Yes. You could just you just have to kind of like iron some things out. Maybe don't say the N word. Maybe don't say the N word a bunch. Exactly. <laughs> I mean that's a baseline. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like Blazing Saddles is still a very funny comedy. Um, yeah. And so, like, History of the World Part 2 has the potential to, to, to kind of, like, show people, like, you know, you can, no, Mel Brooks is, can, has, a, has aged and has gone and has, has evolved at the times. Now, admittedly, he's probably not writing every episode. He probably only had a creative hand in some, maybe some of it. Yeah. Um, so, but still, like, it's still very exciting that we're a couple of weeks away from a Mel Brooks show. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, happening so soon. It's not like, it's coming out in December. Yeah. Yeah. It's March, like, I no. believe. That's so soon. That is yeah. a couple weeks. All right. And I figured I figured it'd be just like, yeah, it's like an 80-minute movie. But like, no, it's four, I'm guessing hour long. I'm gonna have to assume they're hour long. Either hour, hour, I, would, I, would assume. I would assume either an hour or 45 minutes. Yeah. Give or take. Um I love I, I like John Turturro. I like so you want me to make Jesus white. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. <laughs> He's like, that's not what thumbs I'm up saying. like it. That's not what we want at all. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I don't often get to say it because like one, like it's inappropriate and like why would I ever say it? But my favorite line from Blazing Saddles is where are the white women at? <laughs> I think about the line all the time because I just think it's really funny. Me too. My I favorite would... is same scene. Same scene. My favorite is like, oh, I just oh, we just got back from a lynching. Hold on. Let me just wash this hand. See, it's wearing off. <laughs> okay. What a movie. Honestly. Okay, since we're talking, all right. Besides that line, one of my favorites is like, "See this hand? Yeah, solid as rock. Yeah, this is my shooting hand. This is the <laughs> hand I shoot with." <laughs> Good comedy. Oh, uh, we just there's a clip that's floating that floats around online every now and then. Gene Wilder, who's a comedic genius, but it's like the, it's the one where he, I think it's a, it's an anthology movie where he is approached with by a guy, a doctor, but but he's a doctor, and the guy says, "I have sex with sheep," and it's just him. For five minutes, just silently processing what has just been spoken to him. And he's just 
Huh. <laughs> it's so good. Gene Wilder is a wonderful. Uh, Gene Wilder is a wonderful comedian. Watch Gene Wilder movies. Yeah, he's one, brilliant. One more Mel Brooks thing because it's one of my. Because I absolutely love this movie. It's been a long time since I last seen it. But in Robin Hood Man Tights, when yeah, it's the movie. opening, and besides like the "Leave us alone, Mel Brooks," when you know when the credits are rolling and everything is on fire, mm-hmm. it's the prison scene where the, all the hands are coming up from the thing, and the Inquisitor just like whips all the hands they walk through, and then all the hands raise up, they're flipping them off. <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, that had me cackling as well as like when he misses it goes like wait i lost let me see the script he just i lost <laughs> wait i get another shot i love that movie so um, much my, one, real quickly one more one more mel brooks one, one more, more, one mel more, brooks thing. One more. we could be here all day talking about some wonderful mel brooks jokes but there's one that just I like always scratch out to. just like scratch out got a war ragnarok put mel brooks appreciation hour <laughs> There is one. There is one joke that I always go to, and it's a remake of twelve of Twelve Chairs, which is an older, which is an older movie. He did a remake of, of a movie called Twelve Chairs, and it's one of the few that he is one of the few projects that he's done that he's been involved with that he didn't write explicitly. He plays a Polish uh, performer who during who like become like Nazi occupied Poland. And they're enacting a plan to get out of Poland and and these Jewish and a Jewish family with them, uh, and they're going to help help a Jewish family get out of there. This is a comedy, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a very weird comedy, um, and and so like every time he goes to open the curtain where the Jews are or the Jews are in, I'm Jewish. I can say some of these words. Um, he goes, um, he, he was, there's always more Jews every time he opens the credit. It's like three Jews and then six Jews and there's, every single time like there's always more Jews. And then the final one, the final one, they're getting ready to enact their plan. It's like, okay, how many do we got? Shh. What are they? Jews or rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I think no. about that, I kid you not, every day. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I don't think I've laughed at something like that since when I saw the producers and the pigeons did the Nazi salute. <laughs> <laughs> the producers is a very good movie. I like the remake of the producers a lot. I, I love that. That movie got me to love the producers. It got me to love Mel Brooks. But we've been tangent on Mel Brooks for a while. Should we move yes. on? Yes. yes. I was born in Dusseldorf, and that is why they call me Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be uh, stupid. Be a, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. That's Mel Brooks. <laughs> maybe if that musical wasn't so good, we have we have less Nazis. I'm just saying. Maybe. Who knew? All right. Oh, yeah. Um. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Kang. Did you see the Did you see the still? Did you see the still? Look at Look at me. Look at how sexy I am. Chilling like a villain. Kang, 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 Kang. So we see an ant pile of thousands of Scotlings. That's pretty cool. That's we haven't seen. We haven't really seen. Well, we saw that. Actually, that's a lie. We did see that on Ant-Man. Uh, uh, but you know, people's pretty cool. Um, people are flacking on the CGI. I don't think it looks bad. I think it looks fine. I understand if you are like, if because we are inundated with so much CGI, I think it looks good. I think it looks cool. I think the quantum realm is a really cool place. Um, Do you want to talk about all the influx of Modoc fans that apparently exist? Listen, Modoc is an ugly, big faced man, and you could be, you can listen. Modoc's cool. I like Modoc, he's a cool villain, but like. To say he doesn't like, what do you want him to look like? He's a big face. What do you, I don't know what you chair. want him. He's a when big we face were, in the chair. When we were concerned that he was just going to be a robot, we were all yeah. like, why is he a robot? Why not just make him a big face? He's a big face in a chair. 
We I did think, it. I think the thing is, is that he's not ugly enough. And I'm like, he's so ugly. Look at his weird face. <laughs> also, it's one image that we've seen. We haven't even yeah. seen the movie. Besides Modoc, who, by the way, we live in a world where, like, Modoc has had a TV show, but he's also about to appear in a multi-million dollar movie. Yeah. And he's the main villain of an Avengers video game. Modoc has glowed up in, like, ten years. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I am so excited for this movie. Because I, besides the fact that we all we're all fans of Ant Man and that and those movies, uh, this just looks like a big, fun, like ridiculous good time. Um, and Jonathan Majors just looks like like I am I am more excited. Like jo uh, Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin, Thanos, Josh, Josh, yeah, Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin, he's great. I love him. I am so much more excited to know that we have like a couple more years of Kang. Because that means, one, we're not just getting more Jonathan Majors. We're getting, like, five different types of Jonathan Majors. Um, he looks so good yeah. in this movie. He looks incredible. There's the end At the end of the trailer, when he's just beating the shit out of Scott Lang. Oh, the big like, foot down. The big foot down? Step on me, daddy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, like, yeah. he's got, like, Scott, Scott's like, I don't have to win. We both just have to lose. I'm like, yeah, Scott, you're dying. But, yeah, Scott. I, see, <laughs> I, I hope he I, does it. I don't. No, I, just, I don't. I don't legitimately think he does. But like, Jonathan Major's a big boy. I know yeah. what you meant. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Um, so the thing, people are are worried that like, oh, they showed the whole movie, and I feel like we literally every single Marvel trailer we do this with, and it's never it's never true. There's always something. There's usually something that they never reveal. Maybe the only one I can think of is maybe Black Panther. Yeah. Maybe that's the only one. But basically, every other big Disney trailer, I'm like, there's always something that they're hiding. Oh, am I breaking up? Uh oh. You you're me? a little uh you're a little your your video's live, your audio's good though. Great. You guys talk for a second. <laughs> he's, he's still a little lagged. Yeah, so why don't you bring up videos. Grayson's why don't you bring up Grayson's comment while he catches up? Will do. So Grayson said just to make more people angry, Hangrufill equals Modoc. He'll be pretty and people might be upset because you don't get to see his body. Clearly joking. <laughs> well, yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Um I, I I think that this movie, as Ryan said, we all like Ant Man. Ant Man and the Wasp uh, is a great movie. I'll die on that hill. Uh, I'll happily yeah. die on that hill. I, no, you're not the only one who'll die on the hill. I will die on the hill because I remember I had to, I was talking to an older gentleman at my job who would come to me to talk about comic book films, and he came up to me saying he did not like Ant-Man and Wasp. He said the movie was bad, and I was like, how dare you? That movie's amazing, and we had a decent conversation that they really did not get violent, but it was... Yeah, I was like, look, this it's like this, this, and this. This is a really well-made movie. This is clearly good character development. He was like, I don't know. Just as I'm just like, Ooh. but what so what this trailer challenges Ryan's point also, like what this trailer, like again, we did this with every movie. Like, uh, it's clearly didn't show everything because we don't see the rest of the characters outside of Scott Lang. This is a very mm -hmm. Scott Lang focused trailer, and we don't see what Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer are doing. We don't really see what um uh Cassie and um and uh Wasp Lily. Lady. Oh no, I call it her hope. name is Evangeline Lily Hope. Hope Van Dyke. Hope. Uh, what they're I doing? Her, I called her by her last name. I was like, I know. Is it Lily? I was like, but that's her last name. It's Evangeline Lily. Okay. I think I'm. I think I. I, I was on bad Wi-Fi. Um, You're back. So, in the first trailer, we see we see um, we see a bunch of new people. There's like a cool robot man, and there's like those are. So we know we kind of know what the story is. Kang's there, and then there's like a rebel group living other like it's where bill, bill murray lives and all those other random pe quantum verse people and that's who kang is fighting scott teams up with them and they fight each other but like i just don't know what else and that's where it's really excited there's obviously a mcguffin whatever scott's trying to get big mcguffin i love a good mcguffin as long as it's good i don't mind it um 
I'm just like, I'm just really excited. And I feel bad for Peyton Reed because he made a comment in an interview where like, I'm tired of being a palate cleanser movie. I want to make a big movie. I'm like, oh, Peyton, you make movies that everyone likes. I'm sorry you feel that way. Because a large majority of people don't care about the Ant-Man movies because they're not big and bombastic. And I'm like, that's just the wrong way to look at movies. And it bums me out. Because like, mm -hmm. you can have good fun, family, family fun with Ant-Man. And then we also are getting Ant-Man and Quantum Mania. So like, I won no matter what, because I like those movies and I get a big one. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a really good point that like the Ant-Man movies were smaller and I like them because of that. Mm -hmm. um, but we're also getting Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, which is going to be a very big movie. And it leads directly into Secret Wars. They've saw, they've talked about I know the writer is writing. No, King Dynasty. The writer of this is writing King Dynasty. Yeah. Um, and so that's really cool. And I'm super down for that. And just the fact that it looks really good. And I hope we get more to do with some of some of the other characters, mm -hmm. because I think that what makes the Ant-Man film so strong are his ensemble cast. I think I always think Michael Douglas is great in these movies. Yeah. Um, he's incredible in Ant-Man of the Wasp. I just want to point that out. Um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is always, always is. And I'm we finally sure get to see her actually be in a movie because she was mm -hmm. the MacGuffin of the last movie. She was. Yeah. She was. I'm excited um, to see Michelle Pfeiffer. Um Sorry, Brandon, did you have more to say? Well, yeah, I just want to say, like, I, I, I think the girl who, I think the, the new girl who plays Cassie Lang, which is escaping me Catherine right now. Newton. Catherine Newton. I think she's going to be a lot of fun to play to play off as. I really like her as an actress. Interestingly yeah. enough, the trailer for Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret came out this week, which has the actress, the original actress to play Cassie, and they look very similar. So it's, the only reason they recasted her is because I wanted a bigger name, and I get it. But, like, it has now officially been five years since the last Ant-Man movie came out. And in the timeline, it's the five years that he lost. And that young girl is now a young, is still a young, is a young lady now, right? So, like, mm -hmm. she is, she, first of all, Catherine Newton, she looks young. She's older than the age she's supposed to be. You could mm -hmm. actually have the actor playing a young teenager, like being a 17, 18-year-old, because that's what she is. And it's just a bummer because she's so good. She's so charming. She is one of my favorite parts of those two movies. She's just so like it's mm -hmm. it, it's what is it? It's so ugly. I love it. Like she's just yeah. great. How uh, she so, covers for her dad with Anthony with a uh, Anthony or the when drums. or when he when when like Jimmy Woo. You are the I, I'm the world's greatest grandma. Makes me want to use sweater. Yeah. Um. So like it does. I really that is like the only like sadness of this movie is like man. Mm -hmm. Like there's one part of me that's like oh this movie would have been just a little bit better if it would have been the whole cast the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, I'm really happy we're going to live in a world where we might have like a great Ant Man trilogy. That's awesome. I'm honestly I am not worried. The only thing I would be worried about is like the kind of like what happened to Black Panther is like them forcing the MCU stuff into there. Uh, but otherwise, like I have no reason to be to be worried about this one. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited. We're getting like a big sci-fi family movie. Like that's like, yeah. again, like Strange World gave me that, and I'm getting another one with yeah, an a incredible lot of... with what looks like an incredible performance from Jonathan Majors, who looks great as Kang. Oh my God, oh. Ant Meat Boot. Mm -hmm. Oh Sam yeah, Jackson. Sam Jackson. It's all full circle. The the mm -hmm. the final beam scene that Jonathan Majors. Oh, I really I, like how they did this. that comic book cover. I like how they did his his helmet is the reason why he's purple. Yes. Or blue. I, will, uh, I thought it was blue. Blue. It's blue. I can't see colors. No, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, right, it's, right. It's, he has purple and blue. Um, mm. I will partially agree. It does not bother me. But him having nanotechnology type masks doesn't mm. feel as important with him being from the future because most of our heroes use nanotechnology stuff right now. That is all Iron Man was, and that's like Black Panther stuff does that too. So some of the impact of him being a future man 
will feel a little bit lesser because he's doing the same stuff that we've seen before. But again, that doesn't really bother me. It is just a cool visual thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an aesthetic thing I'm kind of over with, honestly, but like still, he looks great. Yeah, like the, the nano helmet thing is like Spider-Man does that, guard, like the Guardian, like everybody does that. And again, Flash. Like, flat. It's not like the biggest deal, but like I would like, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. Final thoughts and we'll move on. Um, A lot of TikTokers I've been seeing who have been watching this trailer and talking about how good this trailer is and how um, Ant-Man's story with time is definitely going to be a huge driving force I'm looking forward to because, you know, he lost time when he was in prison. He lost time because he was locked up with helping Captain America. And now, of course, lost time because of Thanos snapped him away for five years, but he was in the quantum realm the whole time. No, he didn't. He didn't. The the fact that what I really like about it is that like the... um, Cassie being a criminal, it's going to take some... I guess we don't really know a lot about Cassie when we first see her in Endgame. So she's uh, people are speculating with what she's wearing that she's not a criminal. She has a she has an Earth shirt on, so people are thinking she's like an environmental person who like got arrested oh. for doing environmental oh. stuff. So yeah. just like Scott was arrested for doing good things, mm-hmm. like maybe she's doing the same. Oh, thing. that'd be a really good parallel. That would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just the fact that King is like, "Hey, I can give you all that time back." I'm like, "Ooh, stakes now." The the I don't think this is the case because but it who knows there was a really good theory that when when Kang is saying you've lost all this time, Ant Man that he's actually talking to Michael Douglas because he's the one who lost all that time with his wife and that he's actually betray them and he will actually betray them in the end and I think that would be so spicy. I personally think I would really like that, but I don't think that's what they're gonna do. But I hope it is. But that that is also a good spicy nugget. Why would they reveal in the trailer that Kang betrays Scott? Why are you telling us the whole story in the trailer? That's why I think there's there might be some truth to that one because that's spicy. Uh-huh. Or he, or Kang is like double dealing. Yeah, hundred percent. It's no surprise that we're excited for an Ant Man movie. We have talked about our love of the Ant Man films. It's just really cool to continuously be excited for the next Ant Man movie. Phase five coming at you in one month. And Almost we exactly. still don't know that, like, like Jackson Harper from The Good Places in this movie as somebody, and he could just be a dude. I don't care, but like, he's in this movie, and that makes me super excited. Reed Richards, Reed Richards, Richards. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be too. That would be the the. I would freak out so hard in that theater. They would hear it in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we go into our main topic now. For those of you who don't know, we are going to be doing a basement arcade pause menu special. Within the episode of Fake Nerd Podcast. So stay tuned, shall we? We shall. Boy. Boy. Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Me, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I am your host, Ben Magnet, the god of video games. Here with me is Brandon T. McClure, the god of other video games. And Ryan Eliopoulos, the god of next-gen video games. This, this god you. chair this god chair is being a little crowded. I'm not going to lie. I think we need to start killing some people. Oh, oh we came to the right place. Oh. All right, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so what do we mean at the gladiatorial combat arena? <laughs> oh, uh, I've already rain. killed you, Ben. It's a different... Nah. No, we can't You're drinking well, my poison now. Oh, no. Oh, too bad. I have the antidote. It, it's... All right, so we are talking about God of War, Ragnarok, right, Ben? Yes, we are. So this episode of Base of Arcade Posmeo, as 
uh, or if you're watching this live, this is technically episode 310 of the Fake Nerd Podcast, but Base Barricade has invaded because we, myself, Brandon, and Ryan have played God of War Ragnarok. We are reviewing the game. The game, uh, it, I had a thing for this. God damn it. Yes, we're reviewing God of War Ragnarok. Came out at the end of 20, 2022. I almost said 2018. Jesus Christ. And gentlemen, yeah, gentlemen, what do you guys, what would you guys think? How would you be shocked to say that this is a good video game? I would, any, would, would that not, shock anybody in this room? I, I don't think anyone would shock it. Would it would shock anyone? But but before we get a little, before we adventure on, I just want to say spoilers for God of War Ragnarok. Grayson is in the chat right now. He says, "Woo, God of War, love." He beat the game, so he knows. So yeah, spoilers for God of War Ragnarok. Just laying that out there, right here, right now. Sorry, Brandon, to cut you off. So what did you think about Ragnarok? I think it is a very good game that doesn't quite hit the heights of 2018. I agree with that uh, 200%. I might be the outlier. I do agree that uh, some mechanic, me- mechanics-wise, it doesn't do anything different. But story-wise, I loved it. This to me, this was like number this this game was number two on my top 15 things for a reason. This game was mm-hmm. phenomenal. I had an absolute blast playing this game. It definitely went from I I have to play it because I want to play it, and then because I was going between this and Pokemon for a little bit, but then I was like, okay, I need to beat this because A, I for this show, and also I want to write a review for it for Fusion. And then it became no, I want to play this. I it's I'm not just powering through this game anymore. I want to explore. I want to try and complete this game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll get into it. So for uh, should we go through the story or should we go with the beca- game mechanics first? Let's go with the well, game mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Because I think so. So I'll just get I'll I'll, I'll get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ryan will agree with me when I say that like it's the same gameplay from the first game. It there is. are some differences. Uh, there's yeah. some new powers and attacks that you can do. Um, I think it, I think I was both grateful and disappointed in that because like it felt it felt like slipping into a glove, right? It Familiar. felt like, oh right, I know how to play this game. I played this game for hours. Um, I'm you get right into the swing of things. Um, where I think it mostly falters is with the spear. Um, you gotta spe- you get the the dropner spear or the, dropner, the, yeah. the late later into the game and i like that game as a long range weapon as a close range weapon i think it leaves a little to be desired mm-hmm. that's fair i i i like it a lot um my problem uh i agree with that i think I, uh, the combat is very familiar i don't think it should take you 20 hours before you get your next weapon hmm. that is you we've all played ev- all the god of war games you remember those original games how often you like it's not every minute but you were getting new weapons like every couple hours and every mm-hmm. single god of war game you have multiple weapons so i expected you to get new weapons in this game and by the time i was like 15 hours in i'm like am i not are we really not getting another weapon in this game is this yeah, weird really about doing and that's not a bad thing it's good combat but it's very familiar it was definitely i was i want to say with 2018's god of war with 2018 god of war you were about 20 or so maybe 10 hours into the game 10 like, and you, 20 hours are very different that you need to yeah you were <laughs> that is double the length of a game i think he was, he was agreeing it was agreeing with you were agreeing with ryan right yeah yeah because like in god sure. of war in 2018 you got the blaze of chaos at the definite halfway point of the game which was i want to say 10 hours in i could be mistaken yeah, it's also this game's double the length of the first game 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that def. I definitely felt the length, but at the same time, I wasn't angry about the length, though. No. But I do. I do want to agree with Brandon, where because I was thinking about this going into the, about the controls and how this game plays, because it's very much the same. After a while, you get used to the groove. I want to say Santa Monica Studios definitely went with a "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" sort of motif, because the problem with sequels, or not the problem with sequels, but the challenge sequels face is how do we we have a great foundation? How do we make that foundation built better? Because you do have a lot of I want to say there's some games out there that do make the foundation better, and they regress and make the and make the foundation worse. There are definitely games like that. So with God and you of know War, what? You're, you're right. Real quickly, just to, just to bounce into what you're saying. You're right that mm-hmm. one of the things that, that I do appreciate with the game is that you don't start at zero again. Like you, right. you don't start over. You, you are still a powerful person who has the, who has this axe and the blades of chaos. And you don't start from zero again. You, you start from a different point, but you are still you are bouncing off of what had come before. And that, that's a positive, I think. Essentially, yeah. you don't get Metroided. No. You know what? Sure. I, you know what game? I, the, I think the. I don't think it's the greatest sequel ever made, but I think uh, starting you at a base and giving you more, I think the best version of that is Batman Arkham City because that can search you with a lot of the same stuff. And then you double, you double, you get so much tech that I don't even care about using, but they give it to you. Kingdom Hearts 2 is also a good example for building on the foundations of something of something of what came before because they improved the combat in kingdom hearts 2 they made so they had so many different play styles in kingdom hearts yeah i mean we could go on and talk about other games but i want to say with god of war ragnarok while they went with the don't if it ain't broke don't fix it there are still a few things in there a few nuggets of this is different and we have to get used to it like definitely the drop near spear when i first got it it took me a while to get used to it i will not lie yeah it was it was a little bit but after i got used to it after I started playing with it, and I realized, like, okay, this is actually, I actually started really enjoying the spear. This, it has I mean, my was favorite, a, um, uh, L, I don't remember if it's L2 or R2, but it has my favorite ability where you rain down spears on people. That's oh, yeah, cool. yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's a big my, fan of that. That is my favorite, too. And let's just say that helped me a lot with the Berserker fights. Jesus oh, H. <laughs> I'm on the last king. I'm on the king right now. I tried to kill the king the other day. I got, I got. Ben, do you, have, have you killed the trolls yet? Not yet. You should go do that and then go fit the king again. Kill the trolls first. I need to find yes. the trolls too. Jesus H. Every time I was. Oh. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because every t- I remember when I was traveling around the nine re- or the realms and Mimir would talk about a troll. I'm like, I would look at the troll. I'm like, I'm going to have to fight this fucker soon, aren't I? Yeah. All right. And then I picked up the thing. I was like, oh, we could wake that up. And it took me a long time to realize because I think I was talking with Brandon off, uh, off mic about the game. And then he said, "Hey, did you fight the trolls yet?" I'm like, "What trolls?" I'm like, "Oh, now I remember." It was like a, a memory was. Unlocked. Yeah, you need a you need like an amulet to wake them up, and and yeah. they they drop an ore that can create the best armor in the game, mm-hmm. um, and it's awesome. So, uh, so like, I know it, it, I am not negative on the combat. I think the combat is good. My problem is that it takes considerably it takes a very long time into the game before i feel like i'm doing more stuff that, than, than what i want to do than what's initially yeah. given to me because it is mm-hmm. a lot of the same abilities and like i can i can only swing an axe so many times before i'm like yeah well what's what's happening after this um and luckily there's like things like you know like the augments and there's like different abilities you can use and like and a trace being there's really cool and when you get to play as a trace i really if it was just kratos this entire game i definitely wouldn't be as positive i think the atreus stuff's yeah. awesome i love playing I, as Atreus. Yeah. I love playing yeah. Atreus. I think the Atreus stuff is is great. I really I really love his gameplay. Um, I, I like his combat style. I love transforming into those animals. 
um, yeah. when you can control that. Absolutely, hundred percent. Love oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. When you're the first time you could transform into a wolf, it was like so satisfying. It's like yeah, yeah. That you was there are a couple. Now. There are definitely a couple like 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 I jump out of my chair cheer moments. I'm like the first time you 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 get to transform into the wolf as a tray as yourself. I'm yeah. like that's that's that was one of the times when I came back to the podcast extremely positive because I just got to that moment and I'm like mm -hmm. this is what I was waiting for something like this where I get to turn into a wolf. Uh, yeah, and then I gotta wait. Then I gotta go to and iron I, and stuff. I'm really happy that we kind of get some stuff with Freya. I think Freya is a good like. Um, uh, like she's basically a Trias when you when you don't have a Trias. There's um, a lot of companions in this game, which is awesome. Yeah, and I, and I really like playing with with Freya because there's. I guess we won't get. I don't want to get into story stuff yet. Um, but Freya, I'm I'm really positive on overall. Um, Me too. But the um, the combat stuff with um Atreus is was always the highlight. And the first time I remember when we were transitioning to Atreus, I was like, oh, are we? Are we going to play as Atreus? And like, I even think Atreus has the strongest story elements when you're playing as him also. I would, I definitely agree with that, but definitely playing as Atreus for the first time threw me for a loop because I, I want to say there was a good 30 or 40 seconds I'm staring at the screen waiting for the cutscene to continue. I'm like, wait a minute. The, the, like, wait um, a minute. <laughs> well, the thing is the heads up display didn't, like his health bar and all his other stuff didn't pop up for me. So I'm like, no and then i moved the stick and he's walking along i'm like oh shit i get to play as a trace now this is actually and that was to me one of the def definitely one of the nuggets where the team decided okay what can we do here that's different you play as a trace and that's that's the oh, biggest well, chunks story. of the game like, yeah. right. mm -hmm. but that's the biggest attractor for me is that there's not enough that's different about this game and i right. feel like if this was the second part of a trilogy I would feel differently, but because this is the final part of the Norse mythology, I am a little emotionally, especially let down because yes. I think that the kind of talking a little bit about the story, I think half of this game is very well paced, very well structured, a uh, good story. And then the second half of this game is very rushed and I really wish it wasn't. And this is what really bums me out, Brandon, because you're hundred percent right, but I liked the things I was doing more in the second half. Then as to the first half, I felt we were taking mm -hmm. too. This is a game that takes too long and doesn't have enough time at the same time, which I don't yeah. understand how because it's a four. It's almost a forty-hour game if you want to do everything. Like the first half, it takes. I think it takes a really long time for you to get to tier to to uh, break them out of the mine. I think that takes a long time. I think the Ironwood section, which is the internet's like, the the, the Ironwood section is like the worst part of the game in my opinion, and mm -hmm. and that bums me out because that is I that's a section I should love. And I am I'm a person who loves slowing down, just talking, breathing with the characters. But God, that gap moves so slow. Oh yeah. my God. I, that, we were there for like two hours doing nothing. And I'm like, this is this is the final God of War game of, of this. We're not gonna see another God of War game for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we're spending two hours just yakking around. Uh, and, and sure, <laughs> is that good for is that good for a trace of story? Sure. But like, I don't. It took. Do I need to skip rock seven times? But here's the, but here's the issue. Here's the here's here's the issue with that. I think when you boil it down, there's a lot of dialogue in this game, and that's not necessarily a, ba a bad thing when you're talking about. It's a little weird for God of War to talk about dialogue scenes, admittedly. Um, but like, the, there's a lot in this game, and a, and it's because it's doing a lot of heavy lifting to finish the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where where. I wish that we had spent. I wish that the that it was reversed. That we spent, um, 
more time on the second half of the game. We paced that a little bit, a little bit more outwards, and we had more to do in there, and less time in the beginning half of the game. I wish yeah. that was the game that we played, and maybe I'd feel stronger about that because there was, because that we're doing more with the stuff that I like in the game. But I feel like that should have been its own game. It, I would def- it feels like real quick, man. It feels like mm-hmm. we watched three hours of Infinity War, and then Endgame was thirty minutes long. Yeah. Because like the final, like the final attack on on uh, um, Asgard, uh, Asgard, I'm like, oh wow, we're doing it, and then it kind of like it's over, but like it's it's pretty quick, it's pretty quick, and I'm like, man, that was a lot of buildup, I guess, man. (laughs) Definitely, I would have to agree with Ryan about how the first half of the game was definitely slower, and the second half of the game was just which really got me hyped, really wanted me to continue back and. Because we're we're at Ragnarok's doorstep, but getting to like getting to tier, getting into that mine, I will agree was a slog. A lot of the parts of the early game that, like I said earlier, I was jumping between God of War and Pokemon. Whilst mm-hmm. I'm still, I haven't touched Pokemon in a few weeks because I finally got to a point in God of War. I want to say when Freya, like when Kratos and Freya really started traveling together, that is when I really became more invested in the game. It's like, no, I need yeah. to beat this. I I have the, I got the drive. I got the drive to play this video game and to go through it and beat as much as I can. Cause I was not only was I, was I, it was that perfect mesh of not only am I playing this game because I, um I have commitments I need to fulfill, but I want to play this game because yeah. I am having fun playing it definitely the first like the first five hours is definitely it's like going to Sparthalheim for the first time that's awesome but god that mine i hate it it it, i just i just felt like and again i would if this were the second game in a trilogy i wouldn't feel bad about it but like we spend so much time i feel like not doing much to get to an ending that we rush to get to yeah um and i just i i found that kind of kind of baffling and you can tell like you can tell that they didn't they say that they made the decision early enough where it didn't impact development i don't believe that i don't believe that they thought they were only making one game at the start of this game i don't believe that mm-hmm. i don't it doesn't i don't think it shows in the game that we played no it really doesn't and ben brought up brought up Fre- brought up freya and so i'll i'll use that as a good point uh, jumping off point to talk a little bit about freya um maybe we can dive into her i love freya more. i love freya i really like what they do with her in this game yeah. when she's on screen yeah um, so in the so I really like what they do with her being you know the the thirst for vengeance to try to fight uh, to try to kill Kratos because of what happened to uh, Balder, mm-hmm. um, I and and Kratos strongly saying no we don't want to attack her we don't want to fight her we don't want to kill her she's our friend and like being wrangled into doing the the Vanaheim stuff which I really like the Vanaheim map um, I think it's a really pretty and I really like the mechanic that you can change the time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have and you have a lot of really good dialogue moments talking to Freya about what you did in Greece when you killed your daughter. Um, uh, he's talking about your brother Deimos, which is yeah. fun, fun deep cut. Which is from um, the PSP games. Yeah, um, and and Freya kind of learning. There's a lot of steps. There's a lot of talking about like Freya l- learning to forgive Kratos and uh, doing that, doing a, a lot of that story. And that's all really good. And then the yeah. rest of her story happens off screen. And I was very upset about that. My, I, Freya is probably, I don't want to say my favorite character because I think there's a lot of great characters. But like when, when I was with Freya, she is my favorite character. Yeah. Um, I know that's a weird thing to say. My, my biggest problem is I think 
she has like the best quest in the game and it's a side quest her side quest to like get the like the marriage stuff from odin and stuff i'm yeah. like this oh, should have yeah. been main quest shit because that stuff is valuable and it's important and you get so much insight into who freya is and her relationship with odin she married she married him and it was like an arranged or whatever and she liked it at the time she was also maybe a bad person and then she grew up and realized he's the worst person imaginable to be married to and it's like all that stuff you could miss yeah. and Getting... that bums me out because all of the best mm -hmm. stuff with her is, is off screen if you don't look for it so since we're talking about some off-screen and some side quest stuff, there is one thing about this game that it's it truly is my biggest. Wait, is this combo. about is this about Freya? Because I have one more thing I want to talk about Freya. It's quick. not about Freya, but you go do you do your thing, then we'll jump into my thing. So I just want to real quickly explain what I mean. What I mean by like uh, a lot of her development happens off-screen afterwards because once she pairs off with Freya, um, oh, the worst she has, character in the game. She has uh, all these adventures, you know, connecting with Freya, finding the Valkyries, getting an army, all that stuff. All that stuff happens off-screen. Why the hell weren't didn't we see any of that? Why isn't that part of the game? Why aren't we still with Freya? And Freya's and because of that, I feel like Freya's sacrifice means nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you, uh, Freya. We'll back it up. God of War twenty eighteen. Uh, that is a tight game. There are no wasted characters. No one's introduced, and I think they don't deserve to be here. I think all the characters are good. We get a much bigger cast in this game. Obviously, it's a sequel. That makes sense. We got to introduce a lot of people. Freyr? That dude sucks. Yeah. He, first of all, he doesn't sound like anyone else. It's it's Brett Dalton. It's it's Ward from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he just sounds like a California dude. Uh, he just shows up, and he's supposed to be really important, and he has a cool boat that we don't use. I guarantee you that is a cut thing from the game. Why would they introduce that boat thing? Only for us to never use it. It's we only use it one only use it once. Yeah, yeah, to go to the crater. That's it. Yeah, I I guarantee that was a that was a that was a cut thing. Um, also we're in. <laughs> so I don't care about Freyr or when he dies. I I could not care less. There's a there's a big dude on that boat who gets killed by a dragon. Everyone's really dramatic about it. I don't know who that. I didn't know who that guy was. That oh, was Brigier? the least. Say it again. Brigier. Sure. He I I save him twenty hours later in the crater. When I go do the extra stuff, but when that dude gets killed or quote unquote killed by the dragon on the boat, it's this huge dramatic scene and everyone's freaking out. I'm like, you literally just introduced him to me. I don't know who that is. I cannot care about this character. I didn't know who he was. And Freyr's Freyr's sword. We were talking about a little bit about how Ragnarok is rushed. When that sword shows up, Freyr was like, okay. So I guess that's yeah. how that connected. Yeah, because that, uh, that was Ingrid. That's Ingrid. That was the sword of Tracy. Yeah, yeah. I will. I mean, it is that is that is that is real Norse lore, or whatever. That that he did have a flying sword, but like yeah, that cool. did, that felt it, it felt like it was like oh we need to connect it to something. It's his it's his sword. I have yeah. another issue that I want to bring up, but Ben started talking about a little something uh, before. Um, well, this so. this is what this is what this we're not talking about. This isn't me talking about story, but it's also still going to like the game mechanics and stuff about the game and whatnot. My biggest gripe with this game, and even when I say biggest gripe, I'm not gonna like say it's a horrible thing because games do this every once in a while it happens i'm just kind of annoyed when they do it's when side quests are locked post game mm. Mm. Okay. now that? now um in god of war 2018 one of my favorite things to do was find up like and with a lot of action rpgs and, and rpgs in general one of the things i do strive towards is i'd like to get as overpowered as i possibly can Oh, yeah. and, and be prepared for the final boss gauntlet because in yeah. a lot of games the final boss gauntlet truly tests your abilities and your boy likes to come prepared to beat some ass and 
in God of War 2018, that happened with the Valkyries. If you're able to kill all the Valkyries, you get some of the best armor in the game. The same with the Muspelheim Trials, the Surter Trials. You get the, some of the best gear to go in and just kick ass and take names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You cannot do that in God of War 2018, or God of War Ragnarok. Because one of the Berserker Stones is blocked off endgame. It's the one in uh, um, Niflheim. And also the Trolls. Oh, you're right. You can't get to the one in Niflheim mm-hmm. until you until yeah, you're right. Exactly. And not to say mm-hmm. not to degrade oh, yeah. post game content no, because yeah. post game content happens a lot. But I mean, thankfully there was still a lot of side quests I could do. I will. I did all the side quests in the creator. I got like the build I have on creators right now is dragon armor with um the crystal gauntlets and the crystal um waistband. Mm-hmm. That and I max and I got that all up to maximum, so I'm able. So to me, that's is like that the one the that best... slows time. Is that the one that slows time when you dodge? Uh, no, dodge? that's that's the berserker one. I think yeah, that's the one I, I I have. I don't think it's a berserker one. Um, no, it's not a berserker. There is a realm tear gauntlet that allows you to uh, that if you do a perfect dodge, time slows down for like a brief moment. It's mm-hmm. great. I use it all the time. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I use the Heimdall sword for that one. <laughs> I just use have that as a relic, but. To me, to me, like going into the final fight being overpowered, and even like the Ragnarok armor that Lunda can make you before Ragnarok. Oh, Lunda. I, I love Lunda, but dear <laughs> God, great. that armor that armor sucks. <laughs> yeah, the first... Ragnarok armor, the destiny armor that she gives you sucks. It's absolute garbage. And then it's like I got this sick dragon armor with this with these crystal gauntlets and this crystal waistband that's like already ten times better. Yeah. And just to me, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was already overpowered going to this going to the final fight. But something was just bugging me because a lot of times I if I am trying to complete a game, I like completing it before I get to the final. Like the final boss is the final nail in the coffin of all the stuff I need to beat. Mm. You know what, Ben? I'm going to actually say that's a feature of this game that I quite like. Um, The fact that Mm -hmm. there are things that you can't do until the game is over. Like, for example, there's Mm -hmm. the. um... You know what, Ben? You didn't you didn't beat the game before we're doing this. I'm going to spoil. I might spoil something for you. Um, This is spoiler mode, baby. We're in spoiler spoiler mode, dude. Oh, did yeah. you find tier? Yes. Okay. The real tier. I found um, the real tier. Yes. Good. Right. Okay. So yes. I literally that's... did that. You told me to go back to Niflheim to the Raven Tree because there's another path there. And I yeah. walked down said path and Prison. ta-da, there he is. And I really like I really like that because what I what I think this game has is some incredible post-game content. Things that oh, you no, can that... only find after the game is over. And mm-hmm. I'm and I, I I really appreciate that it creates while the game is long to begin with, it creates a more a longer experience because going after I was done, quite honestly, I wasn't ready. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't ready. I wasn't satisfied with this, with this game ending here. And there were, there were more things to do that felt integral to the story. Like, um, through finding Thor's hammer, yes. uh, and, and alpha, which that. is awesome. What's the, what's too. the, uh, the, 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 the kid who looks like link, Ben, the blonde kid who's wearing like the Link outfit from Breath Skulder, of the Wild. Skulder, Did you find mm-hmm. him trying to get the coin out that you threw over the wall? You find he he's he's trying to pull the coin that you threw off the wall or whatever. In or, um, uh, um, in, for, in Midgard, in the Lake of Nine. In Midgard, um, yeah. I when when her... when Odin gives gives Kratos a coin. Uh, like passes to Asgard, free passes to Asgard. Essentially, they make they. It's at the beginning of the game. They Kratos throws the throws the coin and and, and uh, um, Atreus and and uh, Mimir are like good riddance. Um, mm-hmm. That landed in a pillar in the Lake of Nine. That Skilder is trying to get out. Okay, I have the game. 
I haven't found skill. I haven't found Skilder yet, but I'm pretty I, sure it was last last time I saved it. I want to say I was in the Lake of Nine. Judging from the comments, yeah, that you didn't see the sleeping dragon that you can awaken as well. No, but the second Grayson was kind enough to tell me where the dragon was, it makes sense because I want to say I saw this big giant dragon statue on Dragon Beach where I went to go take out the um the Asgard camp there. And I'm like, was that dragon statue there before? And now I realize, oh, I'm an idiot. Of course, it's on Dragon Beach. I so, so- go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I'm I'm trying not to be totally negative, but like I, it does bum me out a little bit that some of the extra content you get is just fighting the the bosses from the previous game. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just trolls and dragons which you fought in the last game, and there's no mm-hmm. new animations. It's the same animations you kill them over and over again. Which and you again, tro- I understand. And, and if you did the greater, you fought trolls and dragons. You fought you fight a few trolls here and there. Those were fun fights. The dragons, I think, like you fought like what, three fights, different. Though. You fight like three different types of dragons. The the Drickies, the ones that's behind Ryan right now. Um, oh, the Drakes, who are these those big elephant, giant tusk looking things, and of course your standard dragons that are, that fly and are actually really fun fights. I had a lot of fun fighting those monsters. I love the creator, like the, the fact that I discovered a new zone that's like, oh, here's extra ten hours of content you can do. Uh, and watching, I watched so many interviews with the creative director, and he's like, we basically there was an experiment that this one guy wanted to do. He's like, can I put a zone within the zone? And he did it. And then they're like, wow, that's really cool. Let's build up upon that. And then we'll make it like its own little thing. Uh, and there's a mystery really cool. There's a mystery around the crater that Freya um, had fought Thor. And that's why there's yeah. another lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Deborah Ann Wool appears in this game as Freya. Beautiful, yeah. wonderful. She's great. I love her. I'm glad I didn't get that spoiled for me. Because... Uh, uh, by no one's uh, uh the actors themselves are spoiling it they're like hey yeah. it's been three days i'm in god of war ragdrock and like give, give some people a chance because <laughs> um, uh bear mccreary was like the one i saw was like hey i'm in this game i'm like that's cool man good for you um, yeah okay bear mccreary i want to be upset about um because he's he's, he's he plays he's a composer. rob he plays rob he, yeah he's, he's, he's the guy who hangs out uh with with the derlin the contractor guy derlin Girl, there you go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, um, this game very it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, right? I had two I had two bugs that I that has never really happened on a uh, a super high budget game like this before, like you know, Last of Us, you know, uh, Ghost of Steam, all these games. Um Bear McCreary's model looked like it was from the PS3 when I was talking to him for the first time. It's like his pictures <laughs> did not load in, so he looked like a square monster. And I'm just like this wow that's this is just a bummer on my case and i had a second bug which is a game breaking bug that happened at the end of the game oh, no. where after i beat odin you could remember you have the long walk at the end and you basically check in with everyone like mm-hmm. oh you're doing this and like it's like a long long hallway and it takes forever well the mm-hmm. door that's supposed to open at the end doesn't open <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just walking around going what did i miss and then i look it up and i watch a video of you opening the door automatically and i'm like well i guess i have to redo this so i have to do that thing for 15 minutes again at least they beat um, it. I don't know if this is a okay. It's not really a, a game. It's not a game breaking bug. It's just something that to me is really annoying because you know when you go into the shop to upgrade weapons, there's like little exclamation parts on the on the bottom of the bar that tell you, "Hey, there's something you could upgrade." For the longest time, I don't know when exactly this happened. There was an exclamation. There's an exclamation. It's still freaking there too. There's an exclamation mark mark over my weapons, and I go through all my weapon tabs to see what's there to do, and it's nothing new. It's yeah, all the I weapons the same, I've gathered. I have the same it, bug. 
pisses me off because it's like I don't have it. I upgraded the handles I want. I upgraded the stuff I want. It's all upgraded. My Blades of Chaos, Leviathan, Drop Near, they're all good. They're all maxed out. All the stuff I like on those weapons is maxed out. What the F am I missing? And it's still there and still pisses me the F off. It's not, it's, it's really, it's, it's odd because it's just something that's like, hey, there's something here. I was like, no, there's fucking not. No, it would, that would bother the shit out of me too. I, I get you. Yeah, I have the same. I have the same bug. I want to talk about a positive. Yes, oh, yeah. positive, positive. I really like Angerboda. Um, I do too. I think she. So in Norse mythology, not to talk about the source material. Uh, in Norse mythology, Angerboda is nothing. She is called the mother of monsters, and she only exists to birth the three gi- the three monster giants of Ragnarok, Jormungandr, Fenris, and Hela. Hela. Um, and after that, before and after that, she does not appear in mythology. And that sucks because mm-hmm. I mean that's just what that was. What the, is how she, she so, just goes up and hangs out with the anti monitor. So yeah. what I really like about this is that they make Angraboda a um, kind of a, a a guiding hand for Atreus up until the moment that it's prophesized, and then she's wondering, well, what's next for me? What do I do next? Nothing. I guess I just I don't know what. And then I so I really like that kind of agency of like. I'm not just here for your prophecy. I am. Mm-hmm. And that's how their love story creates because Atreus Loki is telling her like, no, you, I don't, you shouldn't be just prophecy for me. You should yeah. be your own giant. And why, so why don't you go find the other, the other Jotuns? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's, and I really like that story and I really like mm-hmm. that inclusion. I yeah, do too. Uh, I think I, besides the fact that I don't like the section itself that she's in, I think her, I think she is a great character. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I was also. I also agree. I'm not the biggest fan of Ironwood until we get to her grandma. That's fun. That's my favorite part of the game. Fighting like big grandma when everything's uh-huh. big. Oh my god, I wanted to do that forever. That was so fun. Yeah. Um. But I also have to. I also want to say good on the writers because they take something about prophecy or people who prophesize stuff, and there's something that we don't really talk about a whole lot. It's like, what do we do after the prophecy? Yeah. Like Angry but like like Randy, you just mentioned Angry Boda's part of how she's like, no, this is my distance, this is what I do. And then she's like, and she does the thing, and she's like, Well shit, what do I do now? And then Dretrace is there is like, whatever the heck you want, baby. Do what you whatever do what you, you gotta do. And it's and it's weighing on her from the moment you meet her because she has been preparing for a chance mm-hmm. to show up. So what happens when he's gone? There is nothing that not, no one talks about Angerboda after Atreus leaves Ironwood. So what what does she do next? And I, so I, I really appreciate that level of story, um, which ties into like the whole idea of fate and, and uh, that the fate is bullshit theme that we're doing in this game, because when we meet the Norns and they're just like, no, there's no such thing as fate. We just predict you. We're just so good at predicting what you're going to do. You're predictable. You're all mm-hmm. predictable. Um, yeah. and so I really like that sequence again, too short. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I really like I love, Angerboda. Uh, uh, when you have Angerboda as a companion, she throws like paint. That shit mm-hmm. looks so cool. That's like this big paint and paint bursts. And I'm like, man, every time you get a new companion and they have their own cool abilities that they do, like you think it's Sindri at one point on your team. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm surprised how many people keep like interchanging as a, as a homie. That's like, it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, Kratos, and, Kratos and Brock as a partnership was great. That's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I really cool. like when Throod comes in to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Throod. Throod is one of my Throod is so de- I, I love I love Angerboda, but man, Throod is definitely one of my favorite characters in this game. I like well, the second she shows up and you think that she wants you dead for what she did to her brothers, but then she's like, 
you, you did what you got to do. So we're doing this shit now. So let's go. Let's well, go explore. Because she's because she's told by her mother. It's like, no, Magni and Modi were assholes. Mm-hmm. It's time to let them go. They deserve yeah. it, quite frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So does Thor. Until, so, until he doesn't, I guess. Oh, my God. Oh, but that's the thing. So, like, I really like Atreus because you brought up Thrud. I really like Atreus on Asgard. I'll, and mm-hmm. most of what I really like, I fully admit, is because I think the Asgard stuff with Atreus on Asgard is some of the strongest stuff. And I I think I feel that way because I think Richard Schiff as Odin is is, is astoundingly good. Great. Oh, yeah. Rick- like, I have no problems with any of the performances in the game at all. Oh, no. Richard Schiff. Right, uh, just to see Ryan Hurst, who played Opie in Sons of Anarchy, that's come so back. crazy. And just the fact that he's doing something like this, and he just kills it. Like when I'm in Muspelheim and I'm exploring with him in uh, in Muspelheim and in Niflheim, it's just like the parts with Thor, and like especially at the end of the Muspelheim bit, where he's like, he tells Loki, he's like, Loki, you're a good kid, but you gotta be careful, you know. It's like, oh, they do care. But we're working for a master manipulator and a psychopath. Because that's because that's what I so some of this everything with Odin. I think Odin is really well written. I really like the idea of like this kind of like snake tongue devil. Like he's, I I even got to the point where I was like, no, I believe you, Odin. I'm with you, Odin. Because like he oh, yeah. so like he he keeps Thor drunk because that's the only way you can control Thor, and he doesn't value Thor at all. Um, and Odin, but he also I don't think Odin values anyone but himself. Right, he just but he, pre- it he needs to, but he pretends to, especially Heimdall and especially Loki. Um, but but Thor is the one where he's completely masked off. Like he's yeah. he does not pretend to like Thor, and that's really messing with Thor. But that's how Odin controls Thor. Yeah, he can control everyone else with his silver tongue. Like, oh, I actually care about you when I really don't. He can't Thor because Speaking Thor is masks. desperate for the attention. My favorite mask from Son of the Mask, starring Jamie 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 Kennedy. Because that Loki mask. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a more symbology. So I, I, I thought, did we need to collect three pieces on the mask? Uh, did we need to collect the mask? I, it, it, it's the it's the give and the take because like I I'm happy that I got to spend time with all these characters, but like that's like five hours of you just going to get something, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It, it, in the end, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, he breaks he breaks it and it goes back into the tear, and that's what gets that's definitely what starts the fight with Odin. I don't um, know if I needed, I don't know if I need I, a resolution with like the mask or like an actual truth or Odin looking in. Like I don't know if I needed any resolution for that, but like it felt like it kind of kind of just like pooted out at the end with all that stuff. And it's like I, I don't know if I needed it either, but I needed a resolution that wasn't just. Actually, the mask didn't matter to the story. So th- those five hours that you did, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would say I was. I would hope for. I was hoping for a, a little something more with the mask, especially since, like maybe, um, Atreus would betray Odin, put it on, and look into the truth of creation and see truth. Or, or I thought that's what was going to happen. I was hoping for something like that, and, I, but yeah, the, the fact that he breaks it, it was like I, I saw it coming from a mile away. It's like he's either gonna put it on himself or he's gonna break it. One of these two things is gonna happen. Or Odin, or what I thought, Odin was going to put it on and go crazy after you yeah. fought him. So, so here's here's I said a positive anger vote, so now I'll give it a negative, and I'll do a positive after, kind of make a nice sandwich. Love it. Um, the the boss battles, while I, while I do like the gods that we meet, 
for the final game of Norse mythology, it's not big enough for me. And like, I understand the 2018 set the bar set, set a different standard for God of war games that bigger wasn't always better. And I understand that. And I understand that this is very much like, you know, you know, open your heart to suffering and pain and destiny be damned and blah, blah, blah. But if, if, if Ragnarok is the war to end all wars, I did not get that from this game. Yeah. Do you know what would have helped is if maybe Jormungandr wasn't a background character and Serta was just kind of doing a, doing a motion every now and then. Dude, the buildup, like you going to Serta, meeting Serta, I'm like, this dude's vibe is really weird and I love it. His wife has got his heart, he's got her, whatever, this is all dope. I love Norse mythology. Like him becoming the big monster at, in, at the center of the cosmos, oh, that shit is so cool. And then the, and like, I think the, it's going to turn into like a big God of War game and it kind of just doesn't do that. And you know what? Honestly, sorry, Ben, real quickly. Honestly, this is the game to have done the big God of War game. Like, I don't I don't know if I needed it to, but like so okay, so like what if instead of Thor and Normangander just kind of fighting until you trigger him until you trigger Normangander go back in time? Way in the background. <laughs> way in the background. What if you were fighting Thor on top of Jormungandr, and that was a that was a boss battle instead of just kind of an just kind of outside of Asgard? Like, so, what if there was some more interesting set pieces rather than just kind of running down a track for Ragnarok? What if it was bigger? What if it was a third game? No, yeah, uh, I it, it's really tricky because like I I understand I hundred percent get like it takes four to five years to make one of these games they. Uh, they don't want to work on one franchise for 15 years. I, I get that. Um, when you, Because this is God of War, this is a Sony first party. This is like, this is their big, hey, we get one of these a year. This is the big one, right? This is our Marvel big blockbuster. Like, we just kind of expect more. It's specifically because, like you said, Brandon, that God of War 2018 is one of the greatest things, greatest pieces of video games ever made. Like, they set the bar too high. And not that, it's not that this game is bad in any way, but it just feels like none of the highs are as high as that first game. When I think of the finale of that first game, it's those two giant things and you're you're ta- you're on top of those guys and I'm like I just don't know, I don't know with the trajectory of how this game starts to where it gets to like I don't know. Garm is my favorite fight in the game. I think that's the coolest. When I told you guys I feel like I'm playing God of War again, it's that entire Garm section because they they yeah. made that level to be a boss level where Garm is throughout the entire level. He's all the, he's everywhere. You have to fight him in a big arena. That's when I felt like the most like this is God of War and I got the new weapons and I'm doing so much cool shit. And then it kind of fizzles out and like the fight with Thor again is cool. I think the fight with Odin is is fine. I, I think it's like totally. Was I was expecting it to be so crazy, and he's just like throwing yeah. lightning at you, and I'm like, uh. honestly, the Heimdall fight was my favorite fight. The Heimdall Garm rules. Was, that Heimdall's rules. great. Garm was Garm was my second favorite fight. The fight with Heimdall is good, but I do agree that the fight with Odin, like, yes, they're correct me if I'm wrong. That Odin's a two stage fight, correct? Yeah, but like Ben, we played, we played Elden Ring. How, you know, a second no, phase no, means but, you turn into a giant snake monster. Here, yeah, uh, <laughs> there was a there was a point. Uh, no, the sorry, fight yeah. with Odin. The fight with Odin. Definitely. I mean, look, hard fight. But at the end of it, I was. You're right. I was expecting more. I was expecting him to get on his four-legged horse to start trotting around and be a true. Whoa, 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 whoa! What's his name? Eight-legged horse. Sleepnir. Thank you. That, that's okay. what I meant. Sleepnir can't exist because he is Loki's child. Oh, that's right. Um, I, for, I forgot about that bit. Um, but but, and- but weirdly, weirdly, so this is kind of the thing about mythology that like gets me that like gets me going. Weirdly, the wall 
is already built, but the giant who created the wall, his horse is Sleipnir's father, and Loki is Sleipnir's mother. So that should have already, Sleipnir should have already been born. Uh, Weird, right? <laughs> Normagander, go back in time. I mean, but you, that's more of a that's more of a of a, a, a late in the late in 2018 they made Atreus Loki. Uh, right. That wasn't always oh, the plan. Yes, that's true. Okay, um, do you remember how all the giants were dead at the end of God of War and like mm-hmm. the, and like they're all and then like and then like no oh, that was that was a that was a trap to to to, to trick Odin. So that entire yeah. the entire thing you did at the end of the game doesn't really matter that you saw all those dead giants. They don't really they weren't really dead. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, yeah, because they put their souls in marbles. But one of the one of the things <laughs> that I do like, one of the things that I do like, is how they interpret Ragnarok when they're just like, actually, Ragnarok's not the destruction of the nine realms; it's the destruction of Asgard. And the giant who prophesized it didn't want Odin to know that. And I think that's pretty cool. This is okay. So this, yeah, this is a great thing. This is a great point to bring up Tyr and how Tyr was Odin the whole time. And there are clues the entire time. Like you know, just there's videos out online that you can see like. Um, there's raven feathers in his cell when you go to get tier. Um, there's a dude who spits on you when you enter Svaltaheim, and that's Odin in disguise. All the people that Odin is disguised as are in that prison that you go to to free tier at the end of the game. Uh, lots of lots of cool stuff. Um, when he sees that vision, sorry, Ben, when he sees that vision that Asgard is actually the one to get destroyed, Tyr freaks out, and that's not something Tyr should freak out about. And I didn't catch it, and nobody else caught it until afterwards, but uh, I think that is that is a pretty cool thing that 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 was there. That bit got spoiled for me by YouTube. Oh, like that that's wasn't not... a YouTube, it wasn't a YouTube video that I was trying to watch. I was like flipping because you know how when you're on YouTube on your phone and they have those shorts things that yeah, in, in between yeah. videos. Yeah, that was the first thing it says. It's like signs that t- that Odin was here. I'm like, God damn it! But that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully the reveal was still heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the... truly incredible. Like honestly, yeah. it's the best part of the game story wise for me because like. That's it's something that you don't see coming necessarily unless you're yeah. like really looking. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, Brock is dead, and you're like, "Oh shit! What the? Oh shit! Tears been Odin!" And like, what I like about it so much is that Brock is the one to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't quite know that lo- that he's Odin, but he's acting weird. He's like, "Wait, what's all this? Wait, how, how do you know how to get into Asgard all of a sudden? Why are you calling him Loki all of a sudden? What's going on?" And yeah. like, he's he's like really pushing. And everyone's like, "Brock, what the hell are you talking about, Brock? Brock?" And then he's the one to die. There's a there's a great uh, again like I, I didn't I, I didn't catch it but uh, nobody calls Freya Frigg but Odin and when Tyr meets Freya he says Frigg it's good mm-hmm. to see you I'm like damn that's that's a, that's good writing right there that's pretty good I like mm-hmm. that I like the Tyr reveal a lot um, yeah and then like the the kind of like the game after that being like so like you 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 feel it with the with the with the characters like you feel angry you're like oh i was betrayed by this per by this person that i oh, yeah. we trusted tier sindri that dude's like a different person sindri's messed up yeah like sindri and talking like every time when sindri is like at the end of the game with atreus like just sindri's short like being just the way he's so short with loki not not pun on his height <laughs> shut up shut it like the fact that he has that attitude and that when they put Odin's soul in the marble and he's just the one just, just yanking out of Freya's hand and smash it with a hammer, he's like, that's what happens next. And it's just like, oh, he just does not care. And what's what what I like about Sindri so much post the game post game is that like 
he looks at uh, he looks at Atreus and like he's very very apologetic about Atreus. Like Atreus turned into a bear and whacked him in the face, and he and he still go, goes to a path of forgiveness. Um, maybe not right away, but he's still like you know. And then like he's like, we gave you everything. We gave you our home. You and you, and you brought this thing into our home that killed my brother. Uh, and he's like so done with like what he sees as this self this selfish act that Atreus has been doing for years because they've been working together for years you mm-hmm. know i you know, he says it like i give and i give and i give and i give and you take and take and take and you never give and you never you know you know it's intense. it's just it's a really intense moment that i really yeah like. yeah um yeah. Uh, yeah and then like going to like uh again like some people won't go, won't go to the funeral because they don't even know that like a post game does a funeral where you can roll credits uh indeed. it's Somebody, I didn't realize this, but somebody brought it up when this is the first time because you know how dwarves can like can like they can like shift between realms and they they like disappear. You, this is the first time you actually see it happen in front of you. Uh, when after Brock dies, Sindri just vaporizes; he just disappears in between in between the folds, well, and you never really you never see it happen on screen like that. Well, I, I'll push back. I think you see it happen after Brock dies. Like, well, no, that's time. what I mean. Well, that's that's what that's what I'm talking about. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. literally yeah. what he said. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's the only time. Sorry, not the only time because we see it later. But it's the first time that happens, mm-hmm. and it's a really powerful. I love it because like this, the background is getting darker, uh, much more misty. Everyone, everyone is leaving the screen, and the camera gets closer and closer to Sindri, and then disappears, mm-hmm. just right in front of us. It's a great moment. Man, yeah, that is a good spot um, yeah. or a good moment. Uh, I love Heimdall. Uh, I I think you know he, he has a great fight. Uh, he's he's played by Scott Porter, who is great. He's played so many Marvel heroes. Uh, now he gets to be on. He's Bucky in the he's Bucky in the Winter Soldier in the Avengers game. Hmm. It's great. Uh, Heimdall's such a jerk. I love him. Uh, it was so great to like be Kratos and like Kratos is like I'm not gonna kill him, I'm not killing him. Me done with killing. Shit, damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn. <laughs> like. There's, there's, Get- here's, here's a positive. I'll, I'll finish my sandwich with, um, Kratos's story of trying to be better, of trying not to go down the path of vengeance, trying to avoid Ragnarok. Like he's, because the is like, what if we can't avoid it? And he's like, we will. We're not going to fight this war. We're we not, not going to be. Fate. We are not our fate. Um, and like he, he's talking, and like when he realizes that Ragnarok is inevitable, that he has to fight in this rag, he's so angry. He's like, "Must all my, all paths I take lead to vengeance?" Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's so rageful, and he's so angry about it. He's just like, "Is this all I am? Is this all I'm meant to be in life?" Uh, it, it, I think that's a really good storyline for Kratos to take in this game. And Chris, yeah. Christopher Judge, Judge is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, I uh, I think I re- oh go ahead, Ben, you had a point, sir. Yeah, I was I was gonna say also like a lot of I would say Oscar worthy scenes are in this game. Yeah, the scene when Freya gets her her freedom after oh, killing. Oh, that's all so it. good! We're just ripping the ripping the vines yeah. of the yeah, of the ripping realms. the vi- and also and just like talking between the two of them, saying it's like I gave, I denied you that choice, but I do not regret saving that that scene. Amazing! What a trace comes Side back. Quest. At, yeah, no, no, that was the second. That was the main quest. No, that oh, was okay, the main okay, quest. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And then uh, when a tra- like when Atreus comes back and Kratos hugs his kid after freaking oh. out and going bare form and and releasing Garm 
and just like Kratos just like oh yeah man. everyone's so angry at Atreus for releasing Garm like mm-hmm. even Mimir is like what the hell were you thinking releasing he Garm thing. he the says that Atreus fucked up and that you never hear that language from Mimir to, uh, yeah. from Mimir Kratos, to Atreus and Kratos is the one to be like enough we're we're de- we're gonna deal with this Atreus and I are gonna go deal with this mm-hmm. we made you a new team and we'll, we'll, we'll handle it yeah. And then, like, when they have that that heart-to-heart and about how, like, I want to say it was right after the reveal that Odin, that tear was Odin the whole time, and then they're talking, like, they're hunting, and then they start talking to, like, uh, Kratos goes, I've been slipping back into my old ways. I'm, like, all vengeance, everything. And then Atreus does, do not be sorry, be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, like, like the, the, the line, the, the, like, parallel of, like, first game was, like, close your heart to the pain, close your heart to it all. To this game, by the end of it, being, like, open your heart to it. Make, mm-hmm. make it, make you better. And I was wrong. It's so it's so great because like, yes, Kratos was a monster. Did he kill thousands of people? I absolutely did he destroy Greece by murdering its pantheon? Yes, he is he is potentially irredeemable. I will put this lotion down. I don't know why I keep holding it to make a point <laughs> like a pen. But like, you know, like do, do people like that deserve second chances? Like this is a fan, this is a fake world, so I say yes because it's not the real yeah. world. We don't think about that, right? But like you know, however many years go by, and he's like, you know, I was not, I'm not the person I am. But what if I am? What if, what if this is who I always will be? And what I love is like by the end of this game, it's like Kratos, yeah, you might be that person, but you can use that for good too. And he ends up being like the general of the army, like quote unquote. When everyone thought it would be someone else, but it ends up being Kratos, and like. And then, oh my god, the thing at the end with like the prophecy of him like leading, he starts crying because like, he sees he sees the statue, like mm-hmm. he's, yeah. his future is a gold statue, and he's like, I I never envisioned this path for myself. Yeah, people worshiping him as a as like a good god. Like that scene. Sorry to go back after you get the spear, and when Odin pops in for a hot second, and you get that great trailer line with Odin's talking, is like, "Have you ever been loved? Has anyone ever worshipped you? Has anyone done anything but fear you? Do you know has anyone ever is? prayed? Has has anyone ever prayed to you? Yeah." And then seeing that Kratos not only becomes the new not uh, or he becomes a Norse god of war, I assume because you know they built mm-hmm. a statue of him, but the fact that they do revere him they do look at him with respect and with reverence instead of fear and hatred like he was in greece it's like he never thought he would know this piece and he's like you know what the work is there is a the the fact when he starts crying and i just love the single shot work once again oscars to me oscar moment when it's a single shot of him and he's saying goodbye to trance he turns around he sees the the shrine but since sees the backside and sees the whole thing that whole part was just like he finally got it he finally got the happy ending he has been he deserves this whole time because even at the end of the first the very first god of war game 2005 he's about to kill himself but athena goes nope you're the new god of war have fun yeah i'd like the um i really like the scene because you brought it up i really like the scene where he's saying goodbye to atreus i think it's really well written and it's a really tender moment between two characters who ultimately have good story arcs in this mo- in this game regardless of if the last if the second half is rushed or not um yeah. i think ultimately like like the story arcs are good in this game um mm-hmm. sending yeah. your kid to college is always a hard thing to do you know sending your baby boy to become a baby man um <laughs> It is always hard. Um, yeah, yeah. I just man. like I baby man. Um, it just bums me out because like 
this we live we live in 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 a world of 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 business we talked about it with movies earlier like there will be another god of war game it won't be anytime soon and it won't be by cory barlog because that dude almost killed himself making that first game that's why somebody else directed this game um i am so curious what they're gonna do i if this feels like an ending for kratos a really really great ending for kratos he doesn't have to fight anyone ever again like he won he became a hero i don't want him to fight ever again like it makes sense for it to be about treyas i don't I don't need him to fight another pantheon. Why would he be fighting gods? I don't know if I I don't know if I need another God of War after this. I just wish like I don't know what I want after with this franchise anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's I guess it's such an interesting place to rest for a bit. I I have to agree. Now I get it. God of War is Sony's bread and butter. Or it's one of their their biggest selling. Last franchises. of Us premiering tonight. Okay, okay. One of their breads and butters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, God of War Ragnarok brought in so much money and it also brings in it's one of those franchises that when you say playstation that's one of the first franchises you think of that's being yeah. a playstation original and obviously this probably won't be the last god of war game but at this the exact same time the fact that you just said that i, I if this like if kratos story ended here and we go to atreus or we go to someone else and we go to the uh, we go to egypt and we see the egyptian god of war and we just put kratos behind i'm okay with that I don't know. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, I don't, I'm greedy. So like, I'll always, I'll always kind of want more. Um, so like, if you want to make another Kratos game and he's fighting the Egyptian gods or he's fighting the Chinese gods or he's fighting the Hindu gods, whatever. Oh, I'll play it. Um, and I'm sure there could be a good story there. I don't know if that's the direction I necessarily think they should take. I would, I would definitely like you to better. see a trade. But I, I would definitely like to see Atreus as a lead of a game. I think that's my, I think that's kind of where I'm probably where I'm follow, following the most of like mm -hmm. the next game in 15,000 years, whenever the hell they want to do it um, would be about Atreus. And, and I, I think Atreus is, is a character that I would like to follow as a main character of a game. Yeah. Um, I wasn't joking about the sending your kid to college thing. Like that's what this feels like. It feels like, yeah it feels like a send-off of like not just like mm -hmm. the end of this of, the, of this era but like kratos got his happy ending he, he i don't need him to i don't want him to kill anymore let let put the blades down i, I, I don't, don't need... he has a future with freya whether they're friends or maybe a little more on the side they got some great chemistry you know they, they can live for a thousand years they can get over their exes and whatever you know they're both they're both dead. i was curious about like when you do i was curious about like the the lifespan of a god because clearly clearly kratos is older than he was before he's graying um there's some gray in his beard um i was curious about like is he actually immortal or could does he, or would he die obviously it's a longer life than a, than a mortal we wow. see him like literally heal wounds and the other in in the norse gods also do that so i think they're i don't know actually yeah see like i don't know I would, I, so I'm curious about that. Um, I think if I want to see Kratos do another, uh, do another Pantheon murder, I'd probably want it to be set between the the trilogy and these two games. Um, there's a oh, comic. A better idea. Yeah. There's a comic that that he that he like passes by Egypt and he's like, nah, nah, nah. Um, do that story like like so we know like canonically he went he went to Norris through way of Egypt. So, okay. Like there's your pathway to do an Egypt game and you have Kratos and maybe it is the God of war game that all the incels want it to be. <laughs> um, but I think any future games, probably I'd prefer it if it were Atreus. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm, 
at the end of this game, I know I don't need another God War game for a good long while. Unlike 2018, because once because 2018 had as what everyone calls it the MCU ending, where Thor is at the the it's like you have a this cloaked figure. Who are you? He flips the cape as Mjolnir. It's revealed to be oh my God, it's Thor. Meow meow. But now that we got that ending, or now that we got this game's ending, like Kratos has the happy ending, Atreus is going off exploring, find the rest of the Jotnar, and we just have some really fun endgame stuff to do, I am totally fine with waiting for another God of War game for a good long while. I, I think am, my aversion... I am content. I, am content. I, I think my aversion to want to waiting and not, and not getting another Kratos story comes from just the, the satisfaction I feel after being, after being done with this game. I I do not think this game is as satisfying of a story as the 2018 game, and therefore I'm still kind of I'm still kind of sitting there going like, okay, but more. No, and I like I, story wise, I know that's not the organic way to go, but like, I don't know. Hard No, I I I, I, I it, it it really is a bummer. And again, like I understand studio not wanting to dedicate their entire life to one franchise, um, but like this game started as a trilogy and it ended as a duology. So yeah. like, there's just, there's just some stuff that's got to be cut. There's some stuff that's got to be rushed. Um, I, I think again, we talk about like the story stuff's really good and the character stuff's really good. But at the end of the day, there's still a video game that you have to play. We're not mm -hmm. watching a movie. We're playing a video game for 40 hours. So right. I, you know what? I, I would, I think a great thing to do is you fight Heimdall early and you lose intentionally. So you get the drop near earlier. And then you can progress by the time you get to Heimdall. Uh, then you're like, you have it. You're cool with it. He's not expecting it. Because I just think it shouldn't take you an entire game's worth to get a new weapon for a yeah. sequel. It's like, I think it takes way too long for the game to evolve. Because you get the wolf stuff, but you're only playing as Trace half the time. You're still playing as Kratos most of the game. So, like, I, I, it is an iterative game with a really great story. It's just, unfortunately, like, I wanted this to be the jump that, like, The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2 had. Like this, this is this is playable on PlayStation Four, and like at the end of the day, they had to make this game for PlayStation Four players, and sometimes it feels like it. Um, it technically looks great, but like I can still tell, like this is not a giant open world. I'm crawling through forty five uh, ducks every couple of minutes. Like it's yeah, it's... you were you're absolutely right. I saw your tweet about the like the the, the quote unquote loading screens. Um, yeah, are it's really noticeable after a while. <laughs> It's, yeah, there's, there's ones where you go under yeah. under the river and you go like this in your boat. I'm like, who's building rivers like this? Who's building their <laughs> architecture like this? That uh, yeah, I could def that was definitely there are times where I was playing a uh, spot the loading screen every once in a while. Yeah. There's um, uh, there's a scene that I want to highlight, which is when you fight the Valkyries after Surtur takes a dive into the heart of the universe oh, or whatever. That's, it is. I was trying the to mention fight? about I was trying to mention that earlier about how I much I love that fight and also the you fight. get the the ending the, of the fight. The ending of the fight is what I want to highlight real quickly, Ben. When it's Kratos and and uh, and and Atreus as a bear, just kind of back to back. I was like, yeah. "Oh, baby!" I am so mad I did not hit the screenshot button fast enough to get that shot. Oh my god! My god is so yeah. good. You know what that reminded me, Brian? You know what that that moment Guardians reminded of the galaxy? me? Of? Yes, one hundred percent. You know the moment. Oh, the Fing Fing Foom? oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um, oh shit, I... Fing Fing Foom's in Guardians. Spoilers. Man, is he in Guardians? Oh, he's he's a lot in Guardians. I haven't played the Guardians um, game, so game. that's a great game. Um, where were we just talking about crap before Guardians? The uh, the Trace and the and the bear. Right, Trace is a bear. I, the two double pack. This game made me emotional a couple times. I am not joking. 
Uh, that boss fight was intense. It was so fun. The the dual fights in the bear. When that tech and tag team tournament mo moment happened, and it's the back to back. I'm not gonna lie. I shed a little tear because I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like they're posing. It feels like a movie moment. Like it's it's so. That's like that is like my big fist pump of of, of the game. That moment, so good. You know what part really gave me the feels? What was that? A hole. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. Yeah, I've played this game in a month. It's uh, when Mimir finally figure out, figures out Brock's riddle. Oh, oh Brock's riddle. Oh. I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. It's, it's 20, 20 hours too late, I think. I think the moment is supposed to be that he figures it out at the funeral. No, I, no, I, yeah. I understand, but I think I forgot all about it for so long. I'm like, oh, yeah. That is, yeah. that is, it is, it is. Nice. I, it is you nice. know, because there were times, okay, so the moment really hit me because there were there pop there was probably like rng phrases because you know how when you're exploring the world there's rng phrases and rng things that they say every once in a while to break to like you know to put some dialogue in and stuff and they mm -hmm. repeat every once in a while um i want to say it was like right before i started ragnarok where mimir was like still angry about the riddle he was like Gah! and then we get into ragnarok and then well the reveal happens we get into ragnarok and everything and then when mimir like the line was said just enough right right enough before brock's death that i remembered mm. it and when he finally revealed re realized what the what the solution was i was like son of a bitch oh uh i like how brock finds out that he was dead that was oh, a good scene the soul's miss oh the mermaid the mermaid oh, yeah. wouldn't look at him wouldn't acknowledge the him. lady the lady wouldn't acknowledge his existence the lady of the lake of, of and he of and he like lake. him and we already know that this happened uh, because mm -hmm. uh, Sindri told us, but like he he figures it out. He's like that son of a bitch. I was uh, dead. I love Mimir uh, bringing up other like like Celtic mythology. Like he definitely brings up the Lady of the Lake once. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a random art, like an RNG thing, like you said, Ben. Um, did you guys get the PlayStation All Stars thing where he's like, yeah. once you fought a, a the greatest musician ever and a boombox man and a robot man, <laughs> and like yeah, it's so good. He's like, I I can't I played the game so long when I'm driving the wolves, they don't talk anymore. Oh, yeah, oh. they're just quiet. Yeah, yeah. I went through all the language options. Oh, yeah. did you guys find one of the so one of Casphere's poems? I noticed it because this was the only time I noticed the cover of the poem. The cover of the poem had Ratchet on it from Ratchet oh, and ben, No Clank. It had Clank. Did you read any of those poems? Yeah, I read them. Okay, good. They're all play they're all PlayStation video games. <laughs> I didn't realize every that. single one is a PlayStation video game. That's cool. Um, real quick, we didn't talk about um some of the great side quests. Big old whale man. There's a big old whale in this game. Big old whale. I like him. Big year for whales. I liked him. Uh, I did he too. was he was cool. I like uh uh the kind of like you know the the the, the allegory to Kratos' own chains and Mimir's uh being locked up uh to the whale. He's like, why isn't he leaving? Is like because he can't. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything else. This is his life now. Uh, uh, like the big, yeah, like the big, um, like redemption and like you know, like feeling bad for what you did and like, like you got eventually you you have to kind of get over it. Like you did a bad thing, you recognize it. You guys got to be better about it. And that's like that is so many of these side quests. Um, I 
there's really great side quests, and then you just have the random ones with like the dudes who are like, "Hello, I'm a ghost," and I'm like, "Well, here, there, here, these there." Like, here's a morality tale for you. My son died. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's a trace, isn't it?" Like, I did not mind. I didn't mind the the ghosts too much in this one. They were fine, but they were they were fine. That's once a ghost popped up, and the reason, and once again, I love doing side quests. To be perfectly honest, because I know side quests gets me three things: loot, money, XP. I podcast when I did this. <laughs> um. Oh, see, I'm gonna run through some notes. Run it. Um, because we're you know we're getting a little late right now. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Jormungandr. I want to talk a little bit about Jormungandr. Um. So Jormungandr and Fenris. I actually really enjoy how they incorporated them being Loki and Angerboda's children. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Jormungandr being a soul given to a snake, uh, and made into a bigger snake. Um. I also do like the idea that they've made the idea canon that Jormungandr was actually thrown back through time uh, due to the due to the fight in Ragnarok. And so when they see Jormungandr, it's like, Jormungandr looks different. Why does he look younger? I was like, does he? I guess so. Uh, he's too <laughs> far away for me to tell. Yeah. And then, um, It is yeah. a great little moment. It, it, I just wish it was a little more, like, impactful. Yeah. But that's just like, um, that's just like a fan service thing I want, I guess so. Yeah. And then... Uh, Fenris being uh, a, a dog that Atreus, a wolf that Atreus had adopted, who passed away in the beginning of the game, who I I sobbed a little bit. Talk about rude. Make right? us cry in like the first minute of your game. Right? Rude. Um, it's like people like, I won't see the movie, the dog dies. First 20 minutes of the game, the dog dies. We love him. And then, and then uh, the uh, being, and then being a soul that's get brought into Garm because Garm was soulless, and that was why they couldn't uh, defeat him. All good stuff. Really like that. Really like that idea. The thing that bugs me a little bit is because Jormungandr was kind of a big part of the 2018 game. I was very disappointed at how little of a part he was in this game. Yeah, yeah same. I especially I because sure... we should we should have seen him get bigger. We should have gotten to know this new young Jormungandr. Yeah, it's it's the thing I always talk about, like real estate. You know, you have so much time. This is a 40 hour game. And we spent a lot of it walking around, talking, talking around, which is great. It's all great. It's like, you know, great. Like, I don't, again, like, I love, I love a good walk and talk. But like, I think about the stuff that was set up from 2018. Uh, and then there's stuff they have to, there's new stuff in this game that they have to capitalize on, like, first. And I'm like, there's so much. Hjormungandr was so big and cool. And like, the last time you see him, he's like in the background. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, that, that yeah. just feels like a bummer. Too bad he and then he disappears. Like... Jormungandr, the old Jormungandr who fought in Ragnarok prior, the one that you met in 2018, he disappears after you after Ragnarok with no explanation. And the and they ask the director, the game director, like, what happened? What happened to him? He's like, oh, he's sleeping. Don't we couldn't afford it. that model at the time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's. I, I would say there's nine. there's one thing I do. Uh, there is a cool element. I do wish the the finale was bigger and more bombastic. But there was something about how how big the scale is for the story they're telling about how Odin is using uh, Midgard humans as as uh, collateral oh, sure. damage. And I think yeah. that stuff's really great because it's Kratos realizing it's the same stuff that he used to do when he was a Greek soldier, you know, a million years ago in Greece when that place existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some really great humanity happening with all the whole party of like, we, he's Odin is the worst and we all know it and we could see him. He's killing people <laughs> to stop us. Um, and I think all that stuff's really great. Um Again, it is a God of War game. I do. I you expect some type of spectacle, and like, again, I think of that final boss battle with Balder, and then I think of this final boss battle with Odin. I'm just like, eh, 
it's just not it doesn't feel the same i just don't i just didn't look i was never bored in this game i'll put i'll i'll put that no. out there right now there was just no big spectacle moment and like i understand that probably that was the intention to kind of go smaller but you know there is something to be said about the god of war game being you know the god of war game yeah especially since no i was gonna say especially since the ending of 2018's god of war essentially turned into a fight from attack on titan yeah that was cool and it's still emotional it's still emotional Mm -hmm. Like you can Very. have both. You can have scale. It's, again, it's my it's my favorite thing. You can have big scale and big emotions at the same time. Like Freya just lost her son. Like that's a powerful moment after that big fight. And yeah. I just don't feel like that's they don't capitalize on that type of thing enough in this game. Right. Although the grandma the grandma troll fight that is a big different thing that I really appreciate in this game. I thought I had so much fun having to jump from her big ass table to a stool. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I that was it. fun. That was, I I, that was I enjoyed cool. that. Um, I mentioned I do I do really like the Norn scene. I like all the I like how they visualize all the new gods and all the Norns, the water horse that we meet for 0.25 seconds. Um spooky. Yeah. The uh the um uh, other realms I think are well designed. Um I do really like how they interpret Asgard being like this not this big golden hall, but this like you know, humble place. And like even Heim- when Heimdall is talking to uh Trey, is like, oh I thought uh, Asgard and the trace. Why Odin is humble? He would never do that. Odin's so humble. He's a great. He's so guy. humble, guy. Saves his money. God, I hate um, him so much. I was so great. glad. When, so... Uh, that was like I the get... one god. I was like, I'm glad I get to kill you. You know what? I'll, I'll say it. I wanted to kill more gods. I I killed. Yeah. We killed the entire Greek pantheon. Maybe we killed four gods in this game in this franchise. Be better. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, and this is this is not a real conversation I'm having, but it's just something I'm going to bring up, and it's something called ludonarrative dissonism, uh, dissonance, and it's where you you have a problem with the the story of God of War Ragnarok is be better, don't kill, but the entire point of the game is to kill things. That's what you do in the game. Yes. So no you we can't actually have this conversation about Kratos being a better person when you kill five thousand monsters, not just kill them, rip them apart. You don't have to be so brutal, Kratos. So it's a type of thing where, like, when you try to tell stories like this, it's the same thing with The Last of Us 2. It's about, you don't need to be such a murderer. When you spend 20 hours murdering people, maybe, maybe actually you do. Um, So I just wanted to bring it up because it's a fun story of, like, Kratos, stop murdering so many people, but don't worry about the 10,000 nameless creatures you just killed. They're not important. Well, you're you're (laughs) absolutely It's a bigger conversation that I actually don't really have. But then they also, like, just kind of real quickly, like, they, they also bring up, like, Oh, to kill them will be to set them free. Like with the berserkers. Oh, you'll set their souls free if you kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's like, no, we get to kill for a purpose. Not only um, that, that, Mimir says, like, oh, no, we get to stuff the king's soul into the hilt of the sword, and then we get to smash said hilt. So we're not, so it's essentially we're doing what um, Sindri did to Odin at the end of the game. And, and I, so we get berserkers, and we get these, like, hell draugers, like the hell holes. And I oh, think yeah, both that. of those are less cool than the Valkyrie fights. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The hell, I mean, really, um, the, the fight... I think there's some good berserker fights, some good berserker fights. But what yeah. I liked about the Valkyrie is that they were all really unique and fun. Yeah. The berserker fights are are a there's lot a of the same, and then a couple different. There's and then a you fight double... three at once. No, oh God, FF. that was unfair. I... That was unfair. <laughs> no, let's just um, first of all, fuck them. 
Uh, second of all, I'm actually very mad because I was watching a tutorial on how to help me um, to get attacks to beat them, and the guy was rolling away when they do like the the um, the fire orb and the ice orb, and it just yeah. hit the ground. Yeah, did you know that you could actually just throw the spear and explode yeah. it on contact? Because I didn't fucking know that until I fought the king the other night, and I'm very yeah, upset yeah. about it. Uh, I too, yeah. I too found that out too late, but uh, yeah, I knew that. Uh, but yeah, that three-on-one fight, F that, F those sisters. Um, and actually, when I got to the, the Sparta Vine 2v2 fight, that was a walk in the park. That was I, fun. I wasted them like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was something I wanted to bring up about, like, um, about 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 the Berserker fight. Actually, I'm struggling to remember now. Um, but I think a lot, I think the Valkyries were, pro- were, were were a better stage. Um, there's a line of dialogue I want to highlight. Unless we want to talk more about the Berserkers. I'll just quickly dive um, No, no uh, Gana, like the Valkyrie Queen just shows up as your ally at one point. She's yeah. just there. Like, hey, I'm your friend now. I'm like, didn't I kill you? Or Don't you mean Seagrin? Seagrin. Seagrin. That's it. Yeah, I forget her name. Yeah. Ganar, Ganar is the new Valkyrie. Man, I hated that so much. When Ganar shows up in the, in the, in the Battle of Ragnarok, it's like, that's Ganar. I can't believe they made her the queen gone she's the final you fight her at the end but i'm like what what, what is this okay, introduction I, like I, I really get that she's that she's at the end and i'm glad and i'm glad that we got to fight her initially or whatever but like i don't think she should have been at the end no uh, but so there's the line of dialogue i want to talk about in alfine that i really like when you're going to free the squids the, the jellyfish. jellyfish yeah and there's a great reproductive lesson at the end of the second one um Ooh. Um, when, when he, when, um, when Kratos, when Atreus is like, why are you doing this? You never want to do, you never want to do these quests with me. You never want to go off on these. You never want to free these things. And, and, Atre- and Kratos is, just, is not really answering him. And Mimir just goes, did it ever occur to you that he just wants to spend time with you? Yep. And that's a really good moment. Yep. Um, because at that point, Kratos knows that he's going to die or at least thinks he's going to die because he saw the mural, which you realize that the mural it only shows Kratos dying because that's the predictable outcome, but he doesn't do the predictable outcome at the end because he yeah. opens his heart. He, he yeah. instead of closing his heart, he opens his heart. Um, that's a good that's a good story arc. I really enjoy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah like um, after you free all the the two big jellyfishes, like the world gets like flooded with the little tiny ones. I'm like because oh, they really... bone. Yeah, they bone. It's really pretty. Yeah, I like uh. Yeah, a lot of those side quests are so fun. Um, there's a really sweet, and I learned this after. Um, there's a side quest where you're like gathering ingredients um, uh, from mm. across the realm, and that's yeah. um, a developer lost like his boyfriend or his husband who was a chef, and he put that in the game for him. And like, and I was like, oh, that's just really sweet. I love when developers get to do stuff like that. Um, I'm missing you know, like a fun little in- uh, treasure quest. I'm missing one of those ingredients. Just mm. one. Don't it's know where it is. It's a spartle flower. I, I don't know. What? Um, the more characters, this game needed more real estate, frankly, because we get yeah. so many different characters. And again, not to be a broken record, but the way to do that is to make it a, to make it three games, to make this to make this two games. When we like we meet Freyr and we meet like the Dark Elf and Light Elf who are a couple, and like I want more of their story, but like mm-hmm. who are you? You guys seem cool. Please <laughs> give me. And we more see Durlin. We see Durlin once as Kratos, and then once as Odin, and then once at the at the funeral. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess Durlin wasn't supposed to be important. Although it's funny because if you see Durlin again after the funeral, and you talk and you talk to him, he talks about how it's like I'm as sober as the day I was born. It's like, yeah, you're still drinking. It's goat's milk. It's brown. It was an ugly goat. 
that's for you. I haven't gotten that one. Go back to Sparks of Time. It's hilarious. I absolutely love that bit. Did you, uh, Brandon? Did you visit Tier at different locations after you just? Yeah, you I found him in. I found him in all the realms. Yeah, so I, that's really cool. I found him in Alfheim because that I obviously I freed him, and then I found him in Alfheim, and I think I found. Where am I right He's now? He's at the, the last place I see him. I think it's at like the 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 cos the end of the world cosmos place with the space where Surtur is. He's there. Oh, I found, I found him there. He's just chilling. Like, wow, this is crazy. Did you guys hear Sindri's cries in Niflheim? You mean Simara's cries? Simara's cries. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was um terrible, or not terrible, but that was um yikes. And also Grayson has a really good thing saying, yeah, I think if this made it to three games, I think it would have been a much more solid game, more character development with a heart. And I think, yeah. I, I, like I will, I will reiterate, like I think the characters, I think the character stories of our main characters is good and solid, and there's some good stuff there. The character development on these side characters really suffers, and. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem the 2018, 2018 yeah. game had. Again, like I like Freyer is like such an outlier of a character for me in this game because like he he doesn't again he doesn't sound like anyone else. He just sounds like a white dude, and like his dialogue also he it, it sounds more modern than the other way people are talking. I'm just like this is just like a weird like hey look I'm like a cool jock guy and I'm like and I when don't... he when he sacrifices himself to get everyone off of Asgard before it's destroyed by Surtur. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care because all of your character development with this guy has been off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like, again, like the idea of like building your army to fight, to fight Asgard is a really cool. And like, and like opening all the realms, like that's a really cool scene, but it just like, it feels like, it feels like oh, a yeah. lot of build up. Opening, the- opening all the realms is a really good, is a really cool yeah. scene. It feels like the assault on Asgard should, it, it should be considerably longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it kind of just like no, Kratos, just go f- go fight the bad guys. And, and Sindri, Sin- look, I get Sindri's are going through some shit. But when he's just when he's just like, I'm gonna, g- I'll go get the dwarves ready. And then he comes back and like, I didn't want to get the dwarves ready. This is my fight. This isn't their. Well, why'd you leave? Because I'm dramatic. No, why'd you went leave? To, he went to go build the tuning fort so he can use the flaw. That's and, yeah, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. No, but that's yeah. the thing of like that's the thing of like there there's clearly like a lot of things in this game. Like I mentioned I mentioned Sindri. Um not Sindri, Jesus, Samara, Samara. Like she was supposed to be in the game. You were supposed yeah. to meet her originally. That's why you can see uh Niflheim from the uh from the from the realm because that was going to be a connected level that you were going to be able to go to. I but they can't but they canceled all that and like i'm looking you look at all the stuff they canceled and i'm like well actually all the stuff you canceled would have fixed a lot of the problems that i personally have with the game maybe yeah. you shouldn't have. yeah but then yeah. you're at a point where like what do you delay the game for another year <laughs> like it, I, it's, it, I don't have a problem with game delays no, i i know i agree but like i it, this is not i know this is not the case it's gonna sound it feels like like they didn't they did not want to make a third game so they had to they just had to get this one out and like if the story doesn't work then they did their best uh and i know that's not the case i know later worked really hard but like it's just like going from the first god of war to this like that first one is so good it's so tight like there are it is flawless uh when you double the length double the characters and you don't double the combat like it's a video game still uh you got you got to play it so like I'm glad. I'm glad to have played it. I'm glad. Like, I think. I think it's a really good game. Yeah. Uh, with uh, this type of game, with this scale, like this is like the triple A, the biggest of the big. I was. Just, I was really hoping for a slam dunk, and it's more like, uh, you made it. You definitely made it. You made it. It was more yeah. like an alley oop than a slam dunk. Yeah. I yeah. think. 
think that probably should. I think that probably does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me, think, um, let me think. Let me think. Ryan, Odin, what would you rate great. it? Hold on. Odin's great. Thor's great. Oh, um, what's Thrude and Thor's wife's name? Sif. 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 I think Sif's pretty cool. Um, that's a um the blonde lady from Uncharted. What's her name? Oh yeah. Her name. But that's a blonde lady from Uncharted. She's yeah, great. I thought she was um, I I all the all the the boss fights I think are fun. I love fight. I love fighting these guys. The 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 alligators. Drecky. The Drecky. I, there's always two like why am i fighting two i don't mind i'll kill them uh i thought oh, they were man. Great. when i fought one i was like oh man what was hard enough and then when i had to fight two of them I'm like shit i my i think my favorite combat area um i think is it where is it where you have the rocks that you can that you can ping pong with uh with your with the uh axe alfheim alfheim the dark elves light elves that stuff's awesome i love doing that like the puzzles where you have to like line it up and you have to break stuff and move stuff i love i love all that stuff Definitely got some good aha moments when I finally figured it out. Yeah, me too. Aha. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. One quick little thing. One thing I do love is that uh, if you miss anything, it'll show up in the chest at um, at all the blacksmith stuff. Because there was one time where a material for the crystal in the crater fell on a ledge and it would not come down. And it ups and I upset it. And it was, I was mad about it because, like, shit, I really need this piece so I can throw into the wishing well gorgeous by the way i and love that then, i love that wishing well stuff like making yeah. armor you have to like like synthesize it love it yeah you have to like break these um like these rock tumors that are hurting the land and all of a sudden it's like we gift you better stuff and thankfully i was able to grab it i was like oh yeah i forgot about that bit because you do forget things every once in a while it happens it's a big ass game and a lot of times the loot is on the floor is hard to pick up uh brandon mm. final thoughts of or right what would you rate the game um first of all um um one more thing um i again the post game is great i really like um there's a couple different quests that you get but the one i really like it's like um there's 10 like fallen pieces of asgard that have landed on a different realm and you got to go clean them up so they'll just be like part of a building with some dudes or part of a ship with some dudes and like we're from asgard how did we get here i guess i'm gonna die by kratos and you have to do that 10 times and then you get some experience and i just thought that was fun I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Brandon? I, I, speaking of side quests that probably shouldn't have been side quests, the Laufey versus Thor storyline, mm. I think should have been a quest. Oh, that is so... Ch- but but again, that's the whole crater thing, and that's like its own yeah. separate... I know, but like that's important character development for, for Thor and for Kratos, because the, there's a lot of still... There's still a lot of like, why did Laufey... Why did Fey put us on this journey there you go that answers some because of it. when you first fight thor he's like this seems familiar because right. he fought he fought laufey with the leviathan axe who knows how long ago and if yeah. you don't do the post-game content that is never followed up on so you're just like what did he mean what did what right. did he mean by that yeah. exactly which is the same should have been quest yeah yeah, um, yeah i think that the game overall is a very good experience i really enjoyed playing it I, it was my most anticipated game of many many years um i'm not a big gamer so the, take that take that how you will um the the emotional storytelling wasn't quite there for me and i know i've been really i've been a lot more negative than i honestly thought i would be on the on this thing because like i did really like the game i did have a good time i was never bored i really liked the characters i just wish there was I wish they used the real estate smarter and I don't believe they did, especially towards the end of the game. Um, And maybe they just didn't want to, and I don't want to force people to do something they don't want to, but like three game, a a, a new God of War trilogy would have been a lot stronger than this duology. I think. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like how they interpret 
Norse mythology. My final thoughts are just um, like the first game. I really enjoy how they interpret Norse mythology um, and the various names specifically like Freig and Freya and um, uh, Fenris, Fenrir, uh, Svartalfheim and Nidavellir. Being Nidavellir being the, what they, what the dwarves call it, but Svartalfheim, what the, what Asgardians call it. And it's like, not, they don't like it. Yeah. Um, so like, and how they interpret the stuff with Loki and Ingerboda. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a mythology nut. I know you are too, Ryan. Um, so that's, it's, it's really cool to exist in these mythology worlds and have them be uh, reinterpreted in such uh, unique and creative ways. Um, and I think that's where, and I think the game is just as strong in that case as the first game. Oh yeah, they didn't they didn't skimp on any of, of the research or like building the mythology. Like it's it's and there's so much if you love reading, oh my god, are there documents and pages and like lore lore manuals you can read in this game? It's so much stuff. Yeah. I would also give it an eight out of ten. The the Nidhog is in this game. That's a cool thing. The Nidhog yeah. is in this game. Rest yeah. babies. Uh, I would also to... give this uh, an eight out of ten. I'm going to be the one outlier and give it a 9.5. I was thinking it was going to be a 10 because just like Elden Ring, to me, the the flaws in the game are just so minuscule because of how much fun I had. Oh, yeah. But unlike Elden Ring, the, El, even when Elden when I first started Elden Ring, I wanted to keep playing the second I popped that disc into my PS5. That disc did not leave my PlayStation for months, literal yeah. months it was in there. With God of War... It did take a while for me to get there. And thankfully, I mean, I'm glad I finally made it, but I would say that this game is on before. If there are some there are some things that you guys have talked about that actually shifted my perspective on. It's like, yeah, there there probably should have been a second. This probably should have been three games. They probably should have done away with certain characters, or they should or they had to, they needed more real estate and they may needed to take some stuff out or speed things up a little bit. There are a bunch of things, but at the end of the day, this game was still absolutely fantastic to play. While I do agree with the general consensus that it is not truly a game of the year winner, it is definitely, it should be spoken the same breath as Elden Ring. This game truly was fantastic to play. It had some great um, moments in it. It had some, the characters in it were fantastic. Christopher Judge deserves winning best performance. But that could be same, said for a lot of actors in this game. Richard Schiff was fantastic. And I think Freya, I, Freya is my favorite because she's acting yeah. her ass off God, in this one. He's so good. So Richard Schiff, real quickly, because you brought it up, Richard Schiff is such an effortless actor. I love watching him act. He's so cool to watch mm-hmm. act because he's so just kind of like calm and collected. And I got a Schiff fact for you. Yeah. Um, uh, so they wrote they wrote this Odin specifically for him, not thinking they could get him. His mm-hmm. agent came to him. He initially said no. He told his son, and his son is an avid gamer, saying, hey, they want me to do this God of War thing. And he's like, if you don't do this, you're not my dad anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, he didn't actually say that. But he was like, you have to do this, dad. Like, God of War is the biggest thing ever. So, like, thank, thank his son for being in this. Richard Schiff is How many? He's my, fa- he's my favorite. I feel like there's a lot of stories like that where it's like, oh, I went to my son and my or I went to my kid and my kid said, do it. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of yeah, that. There is. Um, but yeah, I still, yes, the, once again, flaws are there. But to me, they are just minuscule to the amount of fun 
the amount of the drive I had to explore as much as the game. The drive I still have now to explore the post-game content and and still play more and see more that's out there. I don't know if I am going to platinum this game, like get 100% and defeat and get everything. But the stuff that, but it's just so much fun. It's so much fun to explore and to do. So it maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But still, solid 9.5. This game is, it truly is a fantastic game. It is. I'll agree with that. All right. So uh, that's Basement Arcade Pause Menu for God of War Ragnarok. Uh, tonight, we will continue on with to our book club segment of the of the live recording. But if you're watching this just as Basement Arcade Pause Menu episode, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you definitely know where you can find us because there are links below and we don't need to drag that out for the people who are watching this live. So just like last time, can we each do our own boy like we did for 2018 God of War? Uh, sure. <clears throat> yeah, Ryan, hold you on, go on, first. On, on. <clears throat> let me, let me also. <clears throat> yeah, we're all doing the mm-hmm. boy. <clears throat> boy, no, I can't do it. I can't get my voice raspy enough. And you got the right. You got the rasp. Boy, there you go. Yeah, okay. I can't do the raspy thing. Christopher Judge, was that boy. you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Or actually, we... hold up one more. Atreus. There you go. That's pretty good. All right, I I was talking like Kratos a lot when I was now you need to give a twelve minute speech. (laughs) No, don't do it. All right, so it's for tonight, book club, unpause. All right, book club. It's time now for Fakner book club. First of the year, first of twenty twenty three. Ryan, what did you bring for us today? I brought murder. Hey guys, I brought volume one of Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, who are the greatest duo in comic books. They have been for many years. And also the colors are by Elizabeth Brightweiser. Thank you for having the name on there so I can read it because I, I wouldn't remember that. This is a, hey, would you believe that Sean that Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker did a crime book? Could you believe that? Um, oh, what if what? it's what if it's really sad Spider-Man? <laughs> um, I, I was reading this book as it was coming out, and I dropped it off after the first volume, not because it was bad, just because uh, I wasn't worried about this big do- book doing well because it was selling really well. And I was buying a lot more comics, uh, and, 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 you know, I need to go so. But I got volume one here. I got the other volumes behind me. I think this book, besides obviously being really, like, like sad, I think it's awesome. I think it is, um, it is exactly what Ed Brubaker was shooting for. It's like, yo, what if vigilantism was real? What if you actually had to kill bad people? What would you do? How do you do it? How do you get away with it? Um, and that's like, yeah, it's a heavy topic. But man, when a demon's involved, it makes it a little more fun to talk about. So what do you guys think about Murder Without the Orient Express? I quite enjoyed this. I thought this was a lot of fun. So just to clarify, it was just four issues collected in this volume, correct? Yes. Because uh, yeah, I read I read four. Me, me too. I actually looked had to look up online to make sure. a lot of times when we do volume. Was this the final thing that you saw? Ignore the boobies. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. There are the, the, these are meaty issues though. They're 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 very meaty. Oh yeah. That's why this is bigger than what looks like four issues. Yeah. 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 I so I really I really enjoyed the Sean Phillips art is incredible. I really like his art artwork. Um, Ed Brubaker I have not read in quite a while, so it was really nice to kind of go back. The last thing I read of his was Fade Out, and mm-hmm. they were coming at this was Fade Out, and this were coming out. That's at the same not time. true because we read Pulp for the book club that I picked last year. Pulp, the cowboy, oh. the old cowboy against Nazis book, or maybe you were right. on it. I don't, I don't think I was on that. Did I read that one? That's I don't like that one. It was a book club a while ago. That does. Sound, I think I did read it, but that's uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. But yes, I so just finished my thoughts. Really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Love it. I also really enjoy this. This definitely gives 
yeah, this is like, hey, you have to do horrible things. And now so it gets into the, I don't want to say the mind of a killer, because obviously Dylan's not really a killer. He doesn't want to do things. He He's like, he's, he's done murdering with people. life. He is murdering people, but that's a killer. Honestly, one of the scene, the scene that I was just like that really sunk its hooks in me that I knew I just wanted to keep on reading. And who knows, I might continue this past these four issues. Is when he gets the vindication that after he kills Teddy's brother, and mm-hmm. finds out that he was involved in a child sex ring, and he's yep. just like, he's like, oh, oh, I did do something good. Yeah, I, I uh, mean, you get to you get to the. Also, I love how the demon's drawn. I love. How I the love. Demon, I love the demon. Yeah, the the way the demon is drawn is just like it's this black shadowy figure with eyes and teeth. It's like it's ignore very, the boobies. Ignore <laughs> the boobies. <laughs> it's just very simple. It's and yeah. it kind of reminds me of a sleep paralysis demon in a way, where it's like it's in like how this demon can just appear in literally anything. It's a like there's a, a a picture of me and my friends on my desk. The demon can appear in the reflection, or the demon can appear in um the like in anywhere in the window in the mirror in in like the reflection of my phone just like all the places in the shadows just everywhere this demon would pop up it was so terrifying and i was like Ugh. but then you get to the relationship with dylan and uh is it kira kira yeah yeah, yeah you get to the relationship with them it's like oh that sucks it's 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 just a bunch of broken people doing bad things with each other um mm-hmm. i think this book is such a it's such a good character piece. I, I, it really is like the second I, cause like it was described as like evil spider, like a sad Spider-Man. But once it got to like the professor page where he's like, you know what, what, you know, you're late all the time, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm sorry, professor. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to do all these things. And I'm like, man, that is Spider-Man. I love it. Um, it's about Dylan and Dylan tries to kill himself and he survives thankfully cause suicide's bad, but it turns out maybe he survived uh, because a demon kept him alive. And now he has to kill someone once a month or he will die. Um, is this really happening? Is this in his mind? Who knows? We're still really early in the book. Um, but he doesn't believe it. And then over the month, he starts getting sick. And he starts feeling real bad. And he's like, damn, maybe I gotta kill someone. And he gets to the final day, and he decides to kill someone. Feels better. And he actually feels good inside about it, too. And that's the problem about this book, y'all. Because this book's awesome. Because his whole, because I, I read a bunch of interviews to like get like, what? Why did you want to make this book? And he's like, I want, I wanted you guys to sympathize with a murderer, and I think we all are in agreement that we do sympathize with Dylan here, yeah, uh, because yeah. he is, he's doing a Punisher. He is killing bad people. Murder's wrong. <laughs> Murder's bad. So it is such a, it is such an incredible feat to watch someone um, buy a gun. Uh, premeditated no they're going to go kill someone and you're like hell yeah let's go dylan let's do this you gotta or, get he fi- or the fact that he found his dad's old weapon well but that's the that, thing that's the oh Spider-Man it's so sinister thing. too i'm gonna go visit my mom yeah that's the spider-man thing right like yeah. the, the 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 comparison to spider-man because we sympathize we're supposed to we're meant to sympathize with spider-man peter parker for many years was meant to be a sympathetic hero for for everyone he's relatable, uh, he's relatable. and so like this is a kid who's going through much of the same depression that I'm sure a lot of us have dealt with, uh, has, uh, you know, much of the same fe- to talk, tell me about much of the same feelings. Um, and it gets to the point where we're like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm Dylan. And yeah. then he starts murdering. And you're like, I'm Dylan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like, I'm Ron I, love, <laughs> I love how like toxic it becomes because like he has a best friend with Kira who starts dating his roommate, but then Kira 
because she's so messed up with her own problems, uh, starts messing around with Dylan. And then she's like, oh, we'll all break up with him. And then it's just like this disgusting circle with all of them just like feeling bad. Uh, and then she leaves him like, oh, actually, I'm going to stay with the with the guy. Uh, it's just like, it's like, well, it's, it's, what's, like so, it's, what's so messed up about that is like, she's initially upset with Dylan because Dylan started, started leaving at 2 a.m. in the morning. And then and the roommate was like, oh, I was going to meet Kira, which, yes, but not that particular night. Not that uh, night. Yeah. And 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 Kira comes over and is like, he thought you were seeing me, which obviously isn't the case because you're a bloody. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> it's it's just it's just really like gross. Um, and like, I, I just really enjoy a book that can just make you feel like this sometimes. Cause it's just like, it's, it's, it's real. It's like, it's realistic. And like people, people are toxic and they do toxic things. And like when they, when people feel like they're damaged, they don't feel bad about doing damage. Cause they think, oh, it's what I do. Cause I'm damaged. And I'm like, that's yeah. a really bad way to think. Cause that's, there's never going to be growth or learning. Uh, and it's just a bad circle. And like, I, I really just, it's. I, first of all, Brandon, the art is great. I, I love the art. The facial expression specifically, like the way that Sean that uh, uh, Sean Phillips can do like facial, like the little her little face, mm -hmm. love it. Um, it's just like, it's also like thinking about murder is really like, like think about murder is weird because like, I'm sure, I'm sure we've all once like, could I get away with murder? And the answer is no, because because DNA in the 21st century is, is like how it is. But then I read a book like this and I'm like, anybody's capable of anything and nobody really knows anything. And it's like really scary. Uh, Cause like you can just go to like, and just murder some random homeless person. And that's terrible. That's terrible. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but murder makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I like about this book is like, he's going out and he's going to try to kill like gangbangers, but like, he doesn't want to be racist about it. Cause like, Oh my God, I'm going to kill a bunch of drug dealers. That's not going to solve any problems. And like, and that's what the Punisher would do, but that's been the Punisher used to be racist back then. Cause there's a bunch of white people writing about black, killing black people. And it's awful. And like yeah, he, he talks about like the drug dealer thing, where it's just like it's not their fault that this is what they do. Like yeah. they're they're delivering a good, and like the, so like they kill the customers. Like no, they're just trying to live their life. Yeah. And and again, like trying to Ed Brubaker's like I want you to sympathize with this man who is ritualistically killing people is just something you don't often see in art. That's like really it it has to find a uh, ride a really fine line of like Dylan Dylan. I'm not going to call him a good person, but he's not a bad person. But if you actually feel like you have to kill people to stay alive, then I, there is something maybe wrong with you. Because I don't I don't know, I don't remember or not if the demon is real or not, but it's the paint, it's in his one of his dad's paintings. And the fact that he sees it in one of his dad's paintings makes me think there's some sad, repressed trauma that he doesn't know about. And or all... the demon was looking at him through the painting. Okay, there you go. That's what I like about the story. Because it could be real, it could be not real. Um... He, I mean, he fell off a roof, but like he landed in a bunch of like hangers, so he like he could. Yeah, movie logic. He lived because he landed on a clothesline and then a yeah, blanket. Movie logic. <laughs> um, I love the idea of him like just like going out every night and like oh, I gotta I gotta kill a bad guy. Oh look, these strippers like the guy that they're with is clearly evil because he's putting him in a car and then he shoots the guy and then all the girls attack him. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like that's it's just like how what Dylan. Dylan, you're you're in a bad spot. And like Dylan is Dylan is clearly self destructive when when he's killing people because he's you know he's he's willingly going to he's willingly sleeping with Kira, and like yes. he's hurting his he's hurting his best friend essentially. Um, but and, and so like he's clear he's clearly not 
a good person, but we're but the story still frames him as sympathetic. And so we're yes. instead of being like, "Oh, Dylan, you 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 asshole, what the hell are you doing?" You're like, "Oh, Dylan, you shouldn't be doing this, buddy." I, I turned to the perfect page. Um, it's before he gets the outfit, like the, the like, um, and he's talking to the demon, and he's like, I, "I don't want any of this. I don't want any of this." And he's like, "You're wasting your time lying to me, boy. Only trying to convince yourself." Yeah. Like I, I think there might be some unfortunate sinister, sinister stuff in Dylan. Um, because like that's that's Ed, Edward Baker's game. Like he either does like something like the Fatal, which are, which is Lovecraft in Hollywood, or he does something that's just realistic. Um, and the demons are inside your head. Um, so it could be either way. I agree with you, Ben. I am absolutely going to continue to read this book because uh, I forgot how good it was. And reading these is so easier, so much easier than finding all those floppies from five years ago. Anything else? Any, any yes. final thoughts, Ben, on uh, murder or be murdered? No, I'm good. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, all nice right. light fun topic. Murder. Bad. Murder. <laughs> it's right, bad. So that'll... Don't do it. That'll do it, guys. That's the episode for this week. Um, my book club next week. And let me ask you guys, do you want a manga or a comic? Manga. Manga? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Is it Chainsaw right. Man? Kaiju number eight, volume one. Oh, I know that book. That's a, uh, I don't know that book. It's all the rage. There's an anime show coming out next year. Um, mm -hmm. I bought it on a whim. And I figured well, I haven't done a manga before, and so I could give you guys the option. If it was a comic, I was going to, I was gonna pick between a few, but like I knew manga. Kaiju, Kaiju number eight, volume one. Hell yeah, you manga. Have, yeah, you haven't. Um, manga is like a like a new word to you. This makes me excited. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm gonna read uh, right to left. All right. I mean, it's, it's, it's Dragon Ball Super is not out yet, right? No, I'm kidding. Um. All right. Uh. So that'll do it, guys. Catch up. 130 chapters by next week. Yeah. Uh. So next week, I don't think we. I don't know what we're doing at this point. So stay tuned for uh whatever that's going to be. Um. Mm -hmm. What the hell? Uh, my tablet. So let's see if I can do this from memory. That's why I write it down so I don't have Thank to remember. You to all of our friends and family. Um, okay, so yes, so yes. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching the rewind. We greatly appreciate it. Of course, you can check out all of our other shows. It's up now. All of our other shows, um, such as Fake Nerds Watch, Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which we just had that that was an episode of Basement Arcade Pause Menu. If you had never seen or heard Basement Arcade Pause Menu, that was it. You did there it. There you go. Popped it. Subscribe to its own channel. It's got its own channel. Do it. Um, Fake Note Book Club, Animation Station, all all shows you can find on this channel if you like this video and you subscribe to this and you subscribe to this channel. Of course, you can check out our Patreon and our T Public if you like to support us financially. Greatly appreciate it. You can find all these links. Uh, on our on, links below or on our website, which is also linked below at fake at fake Uh, we have links everywhere to everything and everywhere. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watched the live show, who watched the live show tonight. Thank you to everyone who is going to watch the rewind. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci, our good friend and compatriot, fake, uh, Jeremy Bellucci. You can find his uh, Instagram at, at Jeremy Bellucci underscore wreck of time which is his band, new album out now. Or you can find his podcast at Suburban Proctologist uh, on iTunes or Subproc Podcast on Instagram or Suburban Proctologist Official on Facebook. He did all the music you heard here tonight and all the music for all of our shows. So check him out. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike Matola, a wonderful friend who's collaborated with us on many things and designed a few of our logos. Um, just made a new Jaws print. It's a great movie, Mike. Come on, Mike. 
Um, <laughs> you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and uh, TikTok. TikTok. Um, subscribe. To, uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast. FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for KaijuRamaMedia.com, AtomicGeekdom.com, and CBR.com. Ben? You can find me absolutely salivating and itching to go into Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood at BenNevin27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, which today I also just finished an article for GoNintendo, but that's not up yet. I'm pretty sure my editor doesn't even know I finished it yet. So once that goes up, check my uh, socials and it will be there. So yeah, check it out. Ryan? You could find me um, telling death. It, wait, 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 hold on. Death can have me when it earns me. At uh, DJ Tony Snark 616. That's a great line. What's that from? That's from God, God of War. War. Oh, yeah. That's a while ago. Um, <laughs> this is a really good line. All right. Uh, you can also find our good friend Sparks Woody, who could not be here because he is married now. Congratulations once again to our good friend Sparks Woody at S-P-A-R-K-Z Woody on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next time we see us, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs>